Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's new, Derek? Uh, well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's uh, it's the new year. I'm excited to, uh, you know, there's a family day camping coming up within oh, a month now. Yeah. Just, just, oh, yeah, shy yeah, yeah, month. just shy of a month. It's going to go to Mew Lake, so I'm excited for that. Take the whole family? I might go. I'm taking the whole family. I am. I might, I might go. My, you know, my four-year-old, my seven-year-old, they love camping doesn't matter if it's summer or winter they love getting out they love doing it well there's a lot of stuff to do at mew lake as well right? oh yeah they do yeah. all kinds of stuff the family day weekend thing it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible well and the, the mew lake falls are there and, yeah. and everything like that right um what's well you this <laughs> what's you doing kevin <laughs> there's this little weird noise in the background because this is our 100th, 100th episode 100 episode extravaganza <laughs> all right and for this episode we have a special guest in the studio Actually, we're not even in our studio. We've left the studio and we've gone to somebody we're, else's we're studio. At, we're at the remote studio. We're at the remote studio <laughs> of Kevin Cowan, the happy camper. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Kevin was our, uh, well, he was on our very first show. He's on our very first show. Technically, he wasn't our first guest. No, what? it was. What? No, that was uh, the, canoe, the, the canoe museum. Yeah, I was on after that. Yeah, you were on right after. Yeah, but no, no, but no rock star starts. They always have someone. Yes, right. Yeah, they exactly. have the opening. Yeah. Like when the opening Kiss act. opened up, like they didn't. Who did they have? Like Ted Nugent opened yeah. up. Yeah, for, for yeah. Kiss. Yeah, but he was nobody. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin was on our very first episode. So we asked him nicely and begged him and bribed him with scotch. Oh, that's good scotch. Yeah. I, did, I was drinking the crap stuff until I opened that. Oh, nice, eh? Nice. What? When we go places, we go Ooh. places and we bring nothing well, but the good 15 stuff. Year old too. It's a 15-year old, too. It's a 15-year-old. Winnie 15-year-old. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Thanks well, nothing, a lot. Nothing, nothing but the good stuff for our pals, let oh, me tell you. <laughs> okay, now that we buttered him up, we can ask him for that other favor. <laughs> um, are you spending the night, boys? <laughs> okay, so this is back on the table. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we asked Kevin if he'd come in and uh, help us out with our 100th episode. And uh, he said, come on up and we'll do some pizza and have some whiskey and have a little chit chat and have a good time. So Kevin, thanks and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I uh, really like, uh, I loved your uh, podcast, the whole, the whole idea when you first started. I didn't know it was like two years ago. It was like yeah, it's been wow. almost two years. Mm-hmm. Wow, great idea. Uh, love listening to it. Uh, love the guests you had on. And yeah, for, sh- for sure. Like, it was a really a huge honor for you to come back and, and do like the 100th. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, eh? Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What I mean, was, What was your favorite of all for a whole hundred? Or no, what? not your favorite. What was the like, wow, didn't see that coming? Some highlights? Uh, oh, some hi- the, my highlight is getting emails from people. Uh, the people from Paddle Nepal. Yeah. Hey, you just really? did ne- you just did a little blurb on us. If you're ever in Nepal, we'll take care of you. Drop on by. Yeah. Because you know I go to Nepal for a weekend, right? It's my <laughs> it's my, my my weekend house is in Nepal, and, <laughs> and we actually joked about it too. It's like, well, you know, it's uh, we 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 looked at flights. It was like 36 hours to get there or something. 19 hour flight. It was a 19 hour flight. So it's like, oh, so you fly there for 19 hours, spend a day, talk to them, do some paddling, fly back 19 hours, you're back by Monday. Yeah. What did you do on the weekend? Did you go on a canoe trip? Oh, no. We flew to Nepal, did some rafting. And <laughs> yeah, right. But it, it, it is kind of cool. We are, we're yeah. here from... There's a, there's a guy from Seattle that we have an open invite to go visit him. Yeah. Uh, well, he's top. moved to Ohio now. So Okay, so now so we're he's closer. Going, so he's moved, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Iowa. Iowa. Is that what it yes, is? Iowa. 
So, so but it's neat to start yeah. hearing from more and more people from, and it, what's interesting is we get to see the, the people that listen to us from all around the world. It's not just local Canadian, you know, it's, so we're hearing from everybody. Yeah, it's not just our friends. Well, Valley <laughs> is a community. It yeah. is. We all know that. Yeah. It's a we're, huge we're community. Uh, I mean, if if you guys went on a uh, canoe trip with, with me and we had a terrible time, we'd still be friends because we went on a trip. Yes. Yeah. But Absolutely, you know what? Yeah. Even if you have a terrible time, you get back and you're like, oh, remember that trip? Yeah. Nothing went right. Yeah. And you're talking <laughs> about that for the next 20 years. I like the difficult yeah. trips. Yeah. I like the ones that kind of go a bit sideways. It's like, you, you can't, it can't just all have... go perfect. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 And see, I'm a big one for the F-bomb when things go wrong. But it doesn't mean that I'm not having a good time. It just, you know. <laughs> just means the, everybody else isn't. <laughs> well, no, if something's going really wrong and like really bad, like I'm almost going to die or something, I'll out a massive F-bomb just to get rid of the, the frustration. And then, okay, let's go. <laughs> everybody's like, what was that? <laughs> I self-medicated. <laughs> self-medicated. Yet he looks like Moses with that beard. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he's going to split the water in front of him, so he doesn't have to. <laughs> well, that, that's what—that's—that's that's the magic word. Drop a big f bomb, and the water just parts, and you really? can just walk up. Yeah. But that's a massive portage yeah. if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's where—that's where where David Lee, the passionate paddler, comes in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all his dry runs, all his dry portages. All his dry portages. <laughs> we 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 drop his name. Whenever it comes to portages and and bad canoe trips and well, stuff like that. Well, you must hear the stories because every time you take somebody on a trip, he uh, he t- you hear the story afterwards. It's like, oh yeah, we we were going to paddle this creek, but it was dry, so we walked the creek. And has he has he paddled with someone the second time? Like, does he go? Apparently, there's a couple of people that enjoy that sort yeah. of stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's some people that like. Well, I'm going to that. It's something to do with leather and whatever, but... Sticks and stones yeah. can break my bones, but oh. whips and chains excite me. Oh, my Lord. Okay, Moses. <laughs> so, um... How did we get out of that? I don't know. <laughs> you oh, asked. Welcome to the 100th episode. Interview. Let's talk about S&M. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is a complete... Oh, sorry. I thought this was a canoe tripping podcast, but apparently it's not. <laughs> um, they've actually gone to 12,000 viewers in one minute. In one Because, yeah. you know, everybody's into something. So let's talk about you. Okay. Because, I mean, we've been doing this for two years now. What have you been doing for two years? <laughs> You've been everywhere. Yeah, I have. You've been I, on I, trips? Some uh, cool things. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I moved. Uh, I lived out by the water in a little tiny place. I had a really cool place. I lived in a really small place. used to be a horse barn that you guys are right now at. And I, I, my neighbors said that my, uh, my laneway was a portage, and I didn't believe that. It was kind of a running joke. And then I looked into it, and yeah, it's the old Champlain portage uh, that went from Shemong Lake up into the Tonneby, and found little photos of it and everything else. So that's kind of cool that I'm living on a portage, because yeah. why would you want to? Because every time I walk up my laneway or shovel my laneway like today, it's like portaging. Yeah. Right? It's like, what the heck am I doing here? But I get to listen to loons in the morning and uh, my daughter loves it here. So, But the coolest trip, I, I guess where I'm getting at is one of the coolest trips I've done in the last two years is I, I got my buddy Andy, um, dropped me off in the Quartha Highlands Park, uh, on the very, very uh, northeastern part. And I paddled home. It took me five days. And right. I paddled all the way back and I portaged right up to my my, my, uh, my front deck and poured myself a whiskey after five days. And that was really cool. Paddling home. The idea of paddling home. I mean, everybody wants to go to the far north. I love the far north. I, I love going up to James Bay and Algoma and, and Quetico. And, but the idea of actually going and paddling to your own house 
with something completely different. Well, it's, it's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. And I think everybody has that sense of that would be really cool. And I did. It was good. It was a good trip. Good. Yeah. Went to uh, Nova Scotia in the spring and did an amazing oh. trip. It was Ketchum actually, Ketchum. Yeah. 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 Ketchum, yeah. Uh, which actually in native terms means that you have a sore lower anatomy. Uh-huh. Um, really? Yeah. You'll have to watch the video for that. But um, <laughs> They didn't tell me that when I was there. No. The park, <laughs> the park actually has nothing in there at all about it. But I talked to the locals and the local guide and uh. it's all to do with the natives. Uh, going across that big lake uh, and they didn't have anything to support themselves the men and um, it would hurt hmm. and it would it, the kenji means um, you have a sore lower anatomy <laughs> or the locals were were having a lot of fun with me that <laughs> yeah yeah, that could be too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah I did that because tent dwellers I'm not sure if you ever read that book it was uh, written in 1908 uh, it was the same um, uh, author that wrote uh, oh, the autobiography of Mark Twain. And it was about him and his buddy going on a canoe trip down the Shelburne River and Kedgy Park and uh, catching trout. And it, it was very whimsical. It was very, it was a, a really good read. To this day, it's still a really good read. And um, I, I relived that, that book by taking their same journey and hasn't really changed a lot. I think that was really cool. So we did that and we filmed it, but also what was coming out um, in the spring is I brought a film uh, uh, guy and he filmed it in 360 as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, nobody's seen that yet uh, at the Toronto show. Hopefully that will be out and you'll be able to put the goggles on and actually, you know, sit in the canoe with me. Oh, so like a virtual that. reality yeah, thing. Yeah, it's amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, I'm old. I know. I, I know what you're saying, guys. I'm the old guy that actually should not be doing that. I should just be typing my typewriter and my stories. But no, no, <laughs> I'm filming virtual reality. Wow. It's yes. ahead of our time. Yes. I thought we were dealing with an amateur here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yes, you are. But. <laughs> yeah, He's I, a high-tech amateur. Yes. Apparently. Who knew? No, I did some great trips. Uh, I did a really good trip with my my daughter and my buddy Andy. <clears throat> Andy put us on the auction block. Uh, we were auctioned off for charity uh, at his work. He works for the MNR, and he uh, he put us uh, on a trip, saying, "Okay, this this money goes to charity. You get to go to a trip with uh, Andy and Kevin and my my daughter." Um, and we went on the trip in Ngakun with a, a a family, and they had a blast and. Uh, God, I'd love my daughter to that, that trip. She, you know, man, if everybody's out there thinking, when do you take your children out uh, in the outdoors? As soon as they're born. Yeah. Because that, that kid, um, we're with two nine-year-old boys, and she's at that time 12. And I'm thinking, yeah, she probably doesn't think this is cool. Right? <laughs> and she sees it. And the kids were great. But she was like, what is your problem complaining about the portage? Are you kidding me? Like this is a 300 meter portage, you Sally girls, <laughs> right? And I and and then the greatest moment was uh, so uh, Andy and I were in the canoe with Kyle, and we're going across this big lake. And Andy is Andy, right? So he's telling these terrible stories, singing these really awful songs. And my kid grew up so fast that trip. Oh, she even said the f word. Oh, by mistake. We had one of with my son he got mad because we were on a canoe trip and um of course we were saying words we weren't supposed to and he comes up behind my brother and myself says you know what why why are you guys always saying all this stuff and then you get mad if i say something bad (laughs) okay well this trip you can say something and we were waiting for an emergency pull off of opiongo because that tropical storm thing hit this is 
almost 15 years, 10 years ago now. Okay. And so, of course, my brother's like, where the, is that guy? Because we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And all we hear is this, and he must have been eight at the time, seven, eight. And all we hear is this tiny voice, yeah, where the, is that guy? <laughs> and the two of us just looked back at him and we were just howling. There was that moment in parenting where you're like, do I... You can't. You can't. Because <laughs> you can't say, like, I've never said that before at all. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've actually been very nice to the portage. I've never cursed out a portage in my life. Yeah, no. You got to start <laughs> saying, okay, kid, grow up. Yeah. 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 Um, and you went on your Spay River trip? Yes. Oh, that was, was that, amazing. That trip. was an amazing trip. Yeah. Talking oh, about. Pinch myself and, oh, every day, pinch my skin <laughs> and went, I don't believe. I was getting paid. Paid money. <laughs> I went to Wales and I spoke at Wales at the Open Water Symposium, and then I got paid by a magazine uh, to go down the Spay River with uh, Paul Kirtley, Ray Goodwin, Justine, uh, and amazing people. Love them to death. I've known them for years at shows, but never tripped with them. And so they had this idea, hey, well, you're at the, in Wales, you might as well stay another week and we'll go paddling on the Spay. I was like, what's so special about the Spay? And they said, well, it's there's a bunch of whiskey distilleries. I was like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and and at was, that moment, all of us wanted to be Kevin Cowan. <laughs> it was, and you should have been Kevin Cowan. It was because I was going on this river, and uh, it was not a wild river. Like there's northern Scotland is somewhat wild, but they're really jealous of what we have here in Canada, uh, especially Ontario. They're very jealous, but in one sense, they have the scenery and they have the culture and the history, like huge history. We stopped and looked at these rocks one day. And Ray goes, well, why do you want to look at these rocks? I went, well, there's some reason on the map, but we should. He goes, yeah, they're 5,000 years old, and they were put here by someone, and we're not too sure. I went, oh, 5,000 years old? <laughs> That's like the pictographs, yeah, we find, he, yeah. He talks about the Romans being there, and I went, yeah, okay, well, you know, we, we won the War of 1812, right? So uh, <laughs> so the, the, the cool thing about it, the Spay River, though, is we would stop along the way and do a distillery. Visits. Visit. It's freaking amazing. So, um, and Paul Curley knew all these people. So we were doing the really good ones. And Belvini, and then we went into a private distillery that just had just an estate that actually had just made a whiskey that was only two years old. So they had another 10 years old before it became a whiskey. And we're like, okay, what are we going to taste? Because obviously it's not a whiskey yet. And then they brought out the, the, the um, recipe that was that was made like years ago, like 57 years, years ago. And we tried that. And I said, well, can I buy a bottle? And they're like, well, you can't. But I, what if I did? How much would it be? Well, like $4,000. Oh, like, yeah. Like, but we're not going to sell it to you. And so I tried to steal it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I, it was on the oh, yeah. video. Yeah. Amazing. And the, night, the greatest night ever, though, was, in all honesty, I didn't, I, I actually drank very liberally along the way and sort of tasted along the way. But there was one night uh, we had, we had ran a bunch of really technical rapids. Not that the, the Spay River is a technical river, but the water had risen a lot. And it's constant whitewater though, constant class one and two. It drops 200 meters in two or three days. And you think about the French River drops in seven days, 12 meters. Oh. So you're constantly, and this is November. So you got a full yeah. uh, outfit on to make sure you don't freeze. Yeah. And uh, which is great. We chose November. Because the salmon run was over, so the anglers weren't there fishing. Oh, so they you weren't disturbing right. the anglers. Yeah, okay. And those anglers paid thousands of dollars to be on to that get river. There. So yeah. we'd have to worry about that. So we're running the river, and we had the river to ourselves. We saw one other canoe in five days. 
And then, um, so we're running down the river and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, um, they run rivers totally different there. So because it's constant whitewater, Ray goes, Kevin, you're doing the crossroad draw all the time. You're adding in everything. He goes, you'll be exhausted by the end of the trip. You have to look ahead of you as opposed to right in front of your canoe. Uh, I, what do you mean? He goes, well, look ahead 200 meters and judge the rocks way ahead of you and judge your journey and then go from there. But if you do it like an Ontario River and just eddy in every single rock, like you'd be exhausted. And he mm -hmm. was right. So we did that. And then we flush out into the ocean, the, the sea. The, mm. It was amazing. And there was, there was uh, <laughs> actually there were seals popping around all around me, but there was gale force seven winds coming off the ocean during yeah. that time, which I thought was normal. But Ray had paddled the river like 49 times. And he said, no, I've never seen conditions like this. You have the worst luck in the world, Kevin. And so sure enough, we, uh, we, we did that. And then, I said, hey, this is great. And Justine says, you should film these seals. I went, no, I'm going to die right now. But going <laughs> back to the idea of dying on the uh, rapids, I did this technical rapid that called Not Can Do. And it was very technical. And I, you know how you kiss a rock? And I French kissed the fourth rock. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's not good. And the reason why is you don't want to flip over in the, that water. You have all the outfit on, but, but it's cold, yeah. right? So I didn't, and then we float into this town, and I go up to get a tea, and sure enough, there's a, not like the LCBO here, like you can buy whiskey anywhere, and there was a bottle called Not Can Do. I went, well, I can buy I can buy that. So I bought that. We get to camp, and it gets dark at 4.30. Every night, we finished with headlights on. We were paddling rapids with headlights okay. on, right? And we get there, and I don't know the trees to get a fire going. I don't know anything there, which I loved. I love the idea of not knowing anything, hmm. right? So we get a fire going, but so I'm drinking this whiskey, and, and Paul goes, yeah, you might want to have some after dinner. <laughs> I went, I almost died today. I'm having a wee dram of not can do. I don't know what your problem is. And then sure enough, what he had planned, because they didn't tell any, me anything with this whole trip. They had a whiskey company coming into our camp that night. Oh. And they I... gave us a tour of their of their whiskey starting from moonshine that was like a three-year-old whiskey up to like 60-year-old <laughs> whiskey right? yeah. and unfortunately you had a head start oh, <laughs> i was a little tipsy so justine she's a famous filmmaker amazing person and she decided she wasn't going to film on that trip she was no you film i'm just going to enjoy myself that night she grabbed the camera and she goes yeah I'll, I, I think i should film Kim." <laughs> and there's b-roll that nobody will ever see of that night and then so that was the only night i got really quite tipsy and in the morning I woke up and then there's a scene with a camera right in the tent and <laughs> I was like oh yep the good lord gave whiskey a good thing a good taste but then there's a little curse every morning over. every yeah. morning <laughs> but it was good it was a really good trip and I think I think you know the scenery is amazing the culture is amazing the people I travel with was amazing and you guys would actually really love this we all are a paddling community. We all get along. We all go to these outdoor shows. We all know each other. But really, I mean, I haven't paddled with you guys. It would be amazing to go on a uh, It would. You guys. Yes. And, and you, you know everybody on trip. And you would think on that trip there would be too many chefs in the kitchen because we're all sort of leaders and we all exactly. do our own thing. Not at all. Uh, I mean, Ray was an amazing paddler. I, I learned so much from him. Justine was, oh, 20 times more hyper than I am. Oh, my good Lord. We'll be at a blast. <laughs> and she taught me so much about film. And Paul Curley was a, a bushcraft person, which I really don't do. I, I do the happy camper. I love living out there. But he, like, there's survival 
and there's bushcraft and there's a huge difference and to him like bushcraft is, is amazing so yeah he did amazing meals and everything uh, on the fire he, mm-hmm. he, and he got fire going with this spark all the time and taught me a lot taught me how to make coffee uh in a way i didn't know like he would plunge it with his hand but what do you mean plunge it uh you know how you swirl it or bang it yeah yeah well he would plunge it like almost like doing push-ups with it and i thought oh. he was joking with me i thought no you're pulling my leg because they're i mean i'm in a, in a country i don't know anything about they kept on saying there was a what was that um oh yeah. little creature um oh it wasn't the leprechaun it, no. yeah well, it would, it's, it's just like a leprechaun yeah right? yeah oh oh, what, oh no <laughs> it's like my grandfather when we were up north like we'd take us camping and said you're gonna go look for snipe you got to get a can and bang the end of the can and, he, and the snipes come out Little birds, right? Or uh, we were, I think it was fall camping and it snowed. Oh, just watch out if you're going through the bush. There's snow snakes. My dad did that when I was young. He said, you, if you uh, water the grass all the time, it'll turn into crab grass. So then crabs will come out and you can capture the crabs. So I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> I'd water the grass. And there was nothing. And he's inside yeah. looking going on. You will get him to do it. <laughs> well, I'll think of the Scottish but, creature in a minute, but basically that they had me going. A Kelpie? No, no. no. Oh, wait, next question. I'll think about it in a second. I, 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 <laughs> I'll just blurt it out. It'll just blurt it out. Yeah. So it sounds like you've been busy. Uh, another thing, a, a latest thing is a new book. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't written a book in pretty close to four years. You know, I've written a book pretty much every year. And then you taken a break? Yeah, I did, took a break uh, for various reasons. And um, then my publisher kind of wondered where I was. And uh, they called me into to Toronto and they said, yeah, we'd like to work with you again. And where were you? And I went, no, we took a break from stuff. And then, uh, so I gave him a list of ideas. And on the bottom of the list was a, a book on winter camping, especially uh, hot tenting. And the head guy, he said, yeah, that's the one we're going for. I went, whoa, really? Because your main business is to sell books. Like, you could care less about the, the meaning of life or changing worldviews or, <laughs> or, you know, making people wilderness advocates. Like, you, you just want to make money. So why would you do that? And he goes, well, publishing world has is, is changed. We, we're doing books that are niche market, like different than you would right. get on social media. And what you're saying here is totally different. I, he goes, you're saying that actually winter camping, especially hot tenting, is on the rise? I went, oh, yeah, definitely. Because people are getting smart. You, you, there's cold camping. Mm-hmm. The idea of actually going in a four-season tent or in a Quincy or a hammock, whatever, that's all doable. But to go in a hot tent and have a heat source, it's, it's like a room, It's yeah. like a movable cabin. Yeah. Right? Yes. Right? So yeah. like, people have clued in on this, and they're loving it because we're Canadians. For heaven's sakes, we're Canadians. Like that, mm-hmm. That's just, oh, Kevin, it's so cold. You, you're insane. You're just nuts <laughs> to do this winter camping. Yeah, what are you doing in the winter? You're sitting at home watching Netflix, hoping winter to be over, and, and getting miserable with, about your life. I'm actually out in, in the beautiful silence of winter, the snowflakes tickling your nose, sitting on a frozen lake in, in, at midnight watching northern lights and feeling the crack of the ice underneath you, feeling alive, and you're just waiting for it to be over. Like, So why are you living here? So, um, they, they, yeah, they, they, they said... Sure enough, go for it, and I wrote it. And actually, I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm really surprised. It's actually doing really well. It's so it's only been out for like three weeks, and it's selling really, really, really well. I was even on rock stations, rock, really, rock, rock stations, really, yeah, like in Toronto, like, 
Here we are with a happy camper. It was 107 with a rock station. Yeah, so that means that actually it's uh, doing really well. Well, there's a lot of people. I mean, in in the paddling community, what do you do when when everything freezes? Yeah. What do you do? You know, and I, I mean, myself, I go on winter hikes. I go yeah. snowshoeing and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, the a lot of people they still want to do the camping and stuff like that. And I mean. Uh, it's about getting out there. It's about yeah. being out there. So yeah, even I if have, it's the hard water season, you still want to get out and camp. Yeah, I have no problems driving like to Ottawa four hours and back for lunch sort of thing. So to go north for three, four hours, hike and snowshoe all day and then come back, that's nothing. But if I can stay up there for a couple of days, camping out and stuff like that, and there's a lot of people doing that now. Yeah, well, you you go to Mew Lake. Oh, Holy, yeah. it's a zoo. Yeah. A good zoo. Yeah. But still, it's a zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you yeah. think galore. It, yeah, or Silent Lake Provincial Park. Uh, I went there last New Year's with uh, with Andy, and it was full. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yurts were all full. We get that yurts are great. Yeah, um, and yeah, they, they, you know nobody can get a yurt, and they're all full. But you get a hot tent. So we were there, and every single campsite was full with hot tents and yurts, and people are having a great great time. And Mew Lake was the same thing, and. It's a community. It's a good reason to get out. We all need a reason to get out. We all need a reason to get out in wilderness. Wilderness is where we are a true person. Yeah. We, we reconnect with ourselves. You can't fake your character. When you're on a trip, you can't... You, you, there's no facade. No, you, right? you are who you are. You can't... Yeah. yeah. It, it takes too much energy to fake that kind of stuff. You, can, yeah. you can't keep track. And you're on a portage and the black flies are driving you crazy. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. you're winter camping yeah. and it's a little yeah. nippy or whatever. Yeah. Um, you're, you're too self. So if you ever wanted to... You know, marry someone, probably go Take on a camping. minus 40 yep. winter, camping yeah, trip winter trip or, yeah. or during the black fly season. And, or if you didn't like your boss, <laughs> take them on a trip and watch them cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've asked my, hey, we're going to, well, you got to come with me one day. He goes, hey, yeah, no. <laughs> like, hey, buddy, yeah, you're, you're lost, you know. But you know what? You, you tell people, oh, yeah, I saw this and I saw this. And you show them pictures and everybody oohs and ahs over everything. And it doesn't matter what season it is. You know, oh, yeah, oh, look at those those spring flowers and or the summer. Look at all the, you know, all the all the scenery and the fall colors. Or, yeah, you're, you're seeing moose or wolves walking across the ice in winter, that sort of thing. And everybody, ooh, ah. Uh, why don't you come on out? Nah, I don't think <laughs> no, so. I'll just look at the pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'll just look at your pictures. I'll turn on the television. That means there's more room for us. That's yeah, exactly absolutely. It. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, and, and that's what the paddling community does. I mean, we used to do that when we lived out west. You know, like all the families would go camping for the week somewhere. And then the fathers would join on the weekend because my dad was in the military, right? So we'd go to this one campground, all the kids would play together, the mothers would do stuff, and the fathers would show up on weekends and do a whole bunch of stuff, and then we'd all head home. But it was everybody out together. It was a giant community. And they're all into the nature and getting in the dirt and finding animals and, and, and paddling, swimming, fishing, all that sort of stuff. It's a blast. Yeah, so, and, and you really do have to get... I mean, I'm joking about, uh, about the idea of there's more room out there for us. I mean, we really need to get those people out there. Yeah. And that's the thing I've been living with all my life. I mean, I've written guidebooks. So my nickname is the wilderness pornographer. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, Kevin, why did you ever write about that route? And now everybody's going. I went, okay, let's look at the yin and yang of that. First of all, the route that I've written about is a documented route that's been documented in Nick, uh, uh, Nick Knowles' uh, book or the, uh, the, um, the Ontario government used to have a thing called Ontario Canoe Roots uh, book. There used to be pamphlets given by the government way back in the 70s. 
And then I started writing about it. How Wilson did it way before me. And um, yeah, so the art secret roots, Kawartha Highlands is not a secret. It's yeah. on the bloody roadmap. And if I hear one more person say, yeah, you let it all go, Kevin, when you told everybody about that. It's two hours from Toronto. <laughs> and you really, th and, and the story behind that though is when I moved up here, I, I, I'm from, from Milton originally, uh, when it was a, a, a cow town, a farm community. And I moved up to Peterborough and I was working in fish and wildlife at some job and I asked where to go canoeing. And some secretary mentioned about the Corth Islands. So I went on this canoe route and there was an old map printed in 1974 about Long Lake, Buzzer Lake, all those places. And end up, um, uh, I went back to the MNR uh, district office and I said, what's with these routes? Oh yeah, we don't maintain them anymore and we're not managing them and we're not promoting them anymore. Why not? Well, we don't have the finances. Hmm. So I went to my publisher and that was my second book at the time. I did a, a book on Clarny. Oh yeah, that, that book. That, yeah, that's the same, <laughs> the same concept, Lost Canaries, right? So I went to my publisher. I said, look, the Clarny book did really well, but I'd like to do a, a book on, on Canaries in Cottage Country. Why? And, you know, I typical like publishers, like I lied to them. I said, well, all these cottages would love it. I wasn't running for cottages. I was running for paddlers. And um, did the book. It was all on uh, the, the, uh, the Lissy Frost area. Yeah. That, that was an area that actually was not maintained anymore. And now it's a managed area, right? Kawartha is now a okay. provincial park. Yes. And we can curse that. And I curse that at times too because I used to go there in my youth and not pay and not reserve. Yes. But times change and you're so close to the urban area. Like that's not going to happen anymore. And so now it's a managed area. And going back in time, if, if I didn't, well, I shouldn't say me because there's a lot more other people that were involved. But if me and other people weren't involved promoting that area, you could have kissed that place goodbye. Exactly, because they just yeah. wouldn't run it anymore. It was, no, it was gone. Yeah. They were going to develop it in cottage areas. People yeah. going to have their own separate cottages on there. Um, and 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 it's like it's like Quetico years ago when the Americans actually uh, they promoted Boundary Waters and they wanted uh, the, to extend that area to the North End and. Um, uh, Seward Olson, a really great writer back in the day, he organized a time where he would meet Eric Morris on the portage, which was, an Amer which, which was a Canadian version of Sigurd Olson, and a very political, organized writer, protector of the of wilderness. And they went canoeing together, and then he and Eric and Sigurd promoted the idea of Quetico, and the Quetico Park was... So they burned effigy symbols of them in town in Ely. They burn them to well, the ground and saying, you bastards, like you, you ruined told it for everybody us. the secret wilderness. Yeah. This was like years and years ago. <laughs> and now this is a huge park that people actually protect. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to college development. And the dam was going to be created at the time to uh, create power. And that stopped the dam. So it's like, sorry guys, you can call me the wilderness pornographer. I mean, I, I remember the day when I was going into Copper Lake. And I met this couple, I, my book was out maybe two weeks, and they had a copy of it, and they're on the portage, and they're going left instead of right. And I, I didn't say that, I had to come in my head, and I said, well, I think it's to the right. I didn't say, I wrote that freaking book yeah. that you're reading. Um, but, oh, are you sure? I went, yeah, I am, I'm pretty sure. And so they went right, and then going into Copper Lake, there was some guys that, I get their anger, but they were local guys, and they're having a bonfire, it was 9.30 in the morning, and they're having a few beers all going crazy around the fire. I was like, this is kind of weird or normal, depends. And so I continued, but then they stopped the young couple and they said, what are you doing on our effing lake? 
Oh. And they said, well, we're following Kevin Callan's guidebook, uh, Cottage Country Canoeers. Oh, yeah, you want to join the book burning party? And I went, what? I looked over and they're burning my books. That's what they're doing the bonfire. Oh, really? These are local wow. guys are burning my books in the fire. I'm thinking, well, I'm making a lot of money off Yeah, you, just, you right bought now. the books. Like 8% royalty <laughs> on every book. There must be at least 12 books in the fire right there. But, I mean, I, my, my name became John Smith. And I didn't say anything. I just kept howling. But the reality of it is, I understood their anger and the frustration because they had a place on that lake. And it was, it was all their, their private own. crown, crown land, land area. And they leased the land. And, and all of a sudden, these guys from Toronto were coming. And I get that. I really do understand that. But the problem is, it's like, sorry, buddy. The other side of the coin is it be, doesn't be lost. That. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So now it's provincial park. And yeah. it's all for the better, to be quite honest. Yeah. And, oh, definitely. Because yeah. now it's all protected. and Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, who knows, right? Governments change, and all of a sudden, one minute it's protected, next minute, maybe it won't be. Yeah, but the thing is, the, the, the normal person doesn't know the history behind that, Yeah, and they don't need to know. Uh, it, it's just a long conversation on that we talk on a podcast <laughs> uh, over some scotch. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and that book that you showed me, Lost Canoe Roots, yeah. um, how that book came about was, uh, I forget what, maybe book six, I went to my publisher at the time, and I said, I want to do this book called Lost Canoe Roots. Well, what's it about? Well, these, these, these are the, these roots that are no longer maintained anymore, and I want them maintained. And he goes, yeah, that's not going to sell. I went, yeah, but you kind of owe me. Like, <laughs> I, I've written a whole bunch of books that did really well for you, and now it's paid back. And I, and, and I was really good friends with my publisher, and he said, yeah, okay, good. That was a huge seller. Yeah, because um, and and I also in Shinakuchi, the 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 government at the time said, yeah, don't come up here for a while because if they, they if they see you, they will kill you, Kevin. Oh wow! Yeah, and people were furious about me telling about Shinakuchi. I went, they found gold there. If they found gold there, and I my my background is natural resources, I forestry, fish yeah. and wildlife, whatever, and I knew what they were doing up there. They found gold, and I saw the the drill marks on Wolf Lake, and I said they found gold. You really think this is going to be a park? You really think this is going to be canoe area? Mm-hmm. And I canoe there all the time. I, I brought students up there all the time, yeah. and I, you know, kept a secret because it was a really nice place. And and then I went, no, I, I told everybody. I told, I, read, I I wrote a huge article for Explorer. I wrote that book, and people were like, curse me. I went, yeah. Like, so potentially, we're, we're enough for that. Then it could be a gold mine now. It could be. Well, it yeah. probably might still be because the gold's still there, right? Yeah. And greed is still in the world. So, no. yeah. And uh, there's also other routes, though, that are still lost because pe- people have gone on and said, that's the worst trip I've ever been on. <laughs> we'll just keep it lost. Yeah, yeah. It was lost for a reason. <laughs> but your, your winter camping one's out now. It's doing well, you say, and you had a lot of input from other people and people are buying it and testing out winter that camping That was the now. great part about that book is that um, I had to write it in a hurry because the publisher said, okay, we love the book idea, but to have it out for this year right now. It would have to be written in three, maybe four months. I said that's impossible because uh, it would take usually it takes about a year to write a book. Yeah. And then I thought that evening, and I said, well, you know, I don't know much about winter camping. I, I love it, but I'm not the expert. But I know so many people. And here's the idea of or the advantage of being not older and wiser, but just being around the block. And I I know a lot of people, and and because of the paddling community and the winter camping community there are some really really great people and in two days i contact all these people i knew like really famous people like garrett garrett uh, conover um like paul Kirtley, the lure of the north people yep. and, and just said hey can you help me write this because you know more than i do and we'll do some sidebars 
uh, of your information. Absolutely, Kevin. <laughs> and boom, 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 boom. It was done. And then we'd go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, now, we saw one of your other fireside chats. You were talking to the fella, and I can't remember his name, the Land Canadian Adventures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were going to do some winter workshops. Oh, yeah. yes. The yes. first one being January 13th. Yes, and now she's getting full, too. So so what happened with that is I... um. I, I always do a book promo and I do the speaking tours, which I always will do. But I see I teach at a college. I've been doing that for 29 years and I teach hands on stuff. Um, nothing to do with camping. I teach uh, fish and wildlife, uh, tree ID, fish ID. That's my background. Um, and there is a day when you're like, hmm, I never really taught happy camper. Um, I used to guide and stuff like that, but I really not never really taught. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to actually do some one-day workshops on winter camping? Because so many people have asked, like right. tons of people have asked, right? Because there's this new emergence of like, I want to know, I want to learn. And boy, I feed off that. Like if you want to learn, I will teach you all day. And, um, but the only problem is, is like, well, I need to be organized because I'm not that organized. I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> and uh, so I went to, 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 to them. Uh, I've known them for a couple of years, tripped with them. And said, look, you're a local outfitter and always deal with local. Like, you know, do, do yep. with, you know just, like, just like going to the, the, uh, the farmer's market. Yeah. Always, always buy local. Buy local. So I said, like, I need insurance because I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this on my own for liability insurance. I just want to teach. So can you organize it and I'll teach. And they came here one day. Um, it was kind of cool with him and his wife and his, their baby. And they we sort of sorted things out and got that all together. And yeah, it's going to work. Uh, basically, I'd, I'd teach everybody how to do map and compass, tree ID, twig ID, uh, how to get... I'm going to have every single tent. I, I mean, I own six hot tents. I, and I have so many other cold camp tents, yeah. whatever. I've got all the gear. So I'm going to put all that out, how to, how to get your own freight toboggan, how to make your own pulk sled if you want to make your own pulk sled. So um, uh, um, how, to, how to be safe, uh, how to dress in layers, how to do a warm uh, sleep. Um, Start yeah. fires, cook. Yeah, how to really make really good meals. I love cooking out there. This crap of just eating out of a bag. Holy I know it's God. it's strange, eh? Like it's it's convenience over like there's so many better ways to eat, and it's not that difficult. But so, so what do you guys, so you guys like going back to what you guys do? I mean, this is your hundredth episode, so you have sponsors. You're making a huge living. You live in mansions. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not hear me roll up in my giant Lamborghini? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't hear it over over Derek's Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't make a cent off this. No, this is all for our fun and amusement. It's a hobby. Yeah, everybody needs a hobby. We've never made a cent. We've never made any money. No, have we? No, no. We even hosted the Real Paddling Film mm. Festival, and we broke. And even. we sold tickets. The whole deal. We made like five dollars <laughs> after everything we spent. Because they don't let you do it for free, right? You got to put out money for all the films. I mean, otherwise, why would they do it, right? Yeah. So you got all that, and you know, we we bought this, we bought that, gear, or, uh, raffles, and all this sort of stuff. At the end of the day, all the money that came in from all the tickets that we sold, we made five bucks. 
Broke even. So why are you doing it? Because it's fun. Five bucks, baby. But this is, <laughs> this is the hottest episode. Two years later. Yeah. Well, we're starting to gain some traction, and we think that this year... Ten bucks. <laughs> Two five-foot-long sub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling bad that you brought the really good whiskey tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just to drown our sorrows. Yes. <laughs> you know what? We, like I say, I mean, we, we started doing it, and uh, as you know, Derek, Derek was happy to help out but didn't want to be on radio until <laughs> after the first episode because well, he had it looked or, fun. Or hey, the, the I, first I interview <laughs> and then he go oh i had all these questions and you're the one that says this guy's sitting over here not saying anything yeah and then all of a sudden he pipes up and starts asking questions yeah so you created this monster when i had him nice and tamed in a box <laughs> in i was just supposed to be the helper and but you know what we feed off of each other and we both talk about stuff and see stuff and 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 bounce ideas off of each other and you know, I'll, I'll be sitting there saying, oh, I got this idea. Let me just flush it out. And then he goes, so what'd you come up with? And I said, yeah, it was crap. <laughs> what did you get? <laughs> crap. <laughs> but then other days you're just like. We're full we of ideas up, sometimes. We, yeah, we, we yeah. come up with all these ideas. And did you know this is a thing? And, and this is? And have you seen canoe pole? They're like mini kayaks. And like they, they, they hit each other with them. And like there's this guy and he's like laying there unconscious. And they're all playing around them. And you know, this is why we do it because there's some pretty cool stuff out yeah. there. It, we we've learned a lot along the way. Yeah, yeah. it's been very educational. Yeah, so we forgot right. a lot along the way too, though. So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, canoe polling. Yes, I just happened to glance a little thing about canoe polling, and next thing you know, I start digging all this information. We do an article on, or a, an episode on it, and then I, we, we finish by saying we got to figure out if we can learn this. And through Paddle Canada, I found a guy, and I got a group of people together. And they're all like, okay, whatever, let's go try it. We'll follow Doofus here and go try it. So they all followed me. And it and was everybody, a blast. We had a blast. It was so fun. And now like, we know how to, we got, a, we got a certificate for the wall that says, you know, canoe paddle, uh, polling, you know, you're, you're uh, in, inter, uh, beginners and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. We each bought two canoe poles and yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like one of these things you come across. It's like, oh, who comes up with this cockamamie idea? And it's like, well... Actually, canoe pulling has been around for like 200 years, right? So yeah. it's yeah. It's, it, it's it's shallow water travel. Grumman canoes. We don't use those anymore. No. Yeah. Oh, I did that with that one piece. Uh, it'll be coming out in Pally Magazine soon, and it's called Don't Call Me Uncle Kev. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had such a blast. These guys are amazing. Uh, Northern Scavengers. Northern Scavengers, yeah. And I don't know them at all, which is probably why I like them. Uh, they, they do some great videos of Northern trips. But I watched them and I went, you did the Still River in a Coleman canoe and you didn't die? <laughs> like, are you insane? So I met them at the 150 yep. and they were in the boat with me and uh, really nice guys. And I said, like, so what? Uh, what's up? And while we're doing the Wabakimi, uh, we're doing that in like, like two or three week trip. I went, so what boat are you bringing? The one we have. The Coleman? <laughs> no, no, that can't happen. I don't know you, but you're coming to my house and using one of my canoes. Okay. So they show up. It was hilarious. They grab one of my canoes. Actually, I had no craft uh, uh, prospector tough stuff. And um, so they head out. And their videos are up now. Okay. They, and they should get a lot more traction than they're getting right now. I mean, they, they're, they're, they did a great job in what they're doing, right? But the joke is, they... My, bo my first book came out the year they were born. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they were here, they, they said, Thanks, Uncle Kevin. <laughs> and I looked at him and I went, what do you call me Uncle Kevin for? Well, you're kind of this like Jedi 
um, uh, you know, <laughs> Uncle like Ben, old, Uncle old, Ben, an old man that we you know, we respect and went, screw you, you <laughs> son of a. <laughs> don't call me Uncle Kevin, especially don't call me Grandpa Kevin. I'll freaking kill you. I'll come over and just don't be fisticuffs. Get the hell out of my house. There's a pummeling. Oh, so, but I, I get what they're meaning. But then afterwards, I thought, okay, let's think about what happened by the time they were, you know, they were born. Yeah. And now, I never wore a helmet paddling rapids. Uh, I grew up watching Deliverance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and canoe tripping increased in popularity by 52% two months after that. that oh, movie. people saw the movie. And yeah. Canoe and Kayak Magazine was born because of that movie. And the oh, really? cover was oh, okay. Deliverance. Yeah. We did one of our shows. We like to say, you know, we found this area that amazing for canoe tripping and stuff like that, right? And we did this whole episode, a segment of this episode on this one area. And afterwards, we're, we're putting it together and we're looking, that's where deliverance happened. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We just, yes. We just told all these people, go there. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait, we just oh, sent wait. everybody to where oh, deliverance is filmed. We just feel we're sending all these people But it's a there. nice paddling area. It's a very yeah. popular yeah, paddling it's area. It's a very yeah. technical river. I've, I paddled that years ago for an, for an article, and it's very technical. Uh, Paul an Mason actually article. told me about that. <laughs> oh, an yeah. article. Oh, yeah. That was for the porn magazine industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the cool thing about it was I listed all the things that had changed. I mean, my first book was written on a, a electric typewriter, a floppy disk was the second. Yep. Book. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And all those. So they they deserve like I deserve Uncle Kev. But what's really interesting is I also remember the days that that a lot of canoeists thought the canoeing was dead. When stand up boarding came, when kayaking came, they said canoeing is done. This whole I went no canoeing is is deeper than all those things. And I'm not knocking kayaking at all. No. Uh, uh, it's just the whole idea of canoeing it different than kayaking is canoeing has always been Canadian. Kayaking is Canadian, but canoe tripping is Canadian. Yep. You go into the wilderness with a vessel that has no motorizability and you portage and you hate it, but the people you meet after the portage are people just like you. Exactly. And yeah. you get into the, into the wilderness, you don't drive there. I mean, if you want to catch a brook trout, you don't drive there. You canoe for five days and then you catch brook trout. So, so the idea of that, um, really, I can't, at those, during those times, I couldn't see changing. And when the canoe museum came to Peterborough at the time, the, the idea was, um, well, yeah, I remember a guy saying, well, it was during the time too where, where they wouldn't even allow kayakers allowed into the canoe club. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Like, it was that insane world. Um, and, and the canoe museum was there and now everything was just sort of in flux and everybody was wearing a tilly hat and <laughs> beards and, and plaid and, oh, wait a minute, that's exactly what you're doing. That's why they uh, call me Obi-Shan Kenobi because I'm wise that way. <laughs> but they all told me, I don't know why you're getting into this canoe thing because it's dead. It will die. And right now it is growing in popularity yeah. beyond belief. The last two years, it's risen that there's more young people, more young couples, more new Canadians canoeing than ever before. So they're all wrong. So I think it's coming down now to pick your poison. There are people that are going to be into the canoes. There's going to be people that just something about kayaks just floats their boat and stand up paddle boarding. Yep. And then people that want to go do rafting for a weekend. 
I don't think you can really compare them anymore to which one's more popular, if you understand what I mean. Because, like I say, yeah, there's people that want to get out into the wilderness way back. They want to get away from everybody and everything. And exactly. They're going to be the ones that load up that canoe and off they go. There's people that they want to get out there on the water as far as they can go, go fast, travel coastline and, and stuff like that. They're going to be the ones jumping in the kayak for a day or maybe even a couple of days to camp along a shoreline or something. And there's people that I want to just get out for the day with my buddies, go, you know, come out, drink some beers afterwards. Let's get up some stand up paddle boards and stuff like that. I don't think you can really compare them anymore. They're all, they're all paddling. But they're different disciplines. But they're all dis totally different yes. disciplines now. Exactly. Right? So I don't think you can really say, well, that's dead because this has taken its place. It's not. Nothing's taken anything's place anymore. Yeah. Everything. And there's people that do all of it, you know, or just a couple of them. You know, I mean, I've, I never thought I'd be thinking, I want to try kayaking. But I'm looking at it now since I started doing this show and everything. And you start looking at the stuff out there and think, well, I, let's go to Nepal and let's go rafting. <laughs> let's, you know what, I want to get a kayak and let's try some kayaking and stuff like that. And maybe hit some of these places I, I would never think of hitting in, <clears throat> in a canoe or something like that. Stand up paddle boarding, uh, you know, yeah, let's, let's get out for a day and try that. You know, I, I don't think that's something I'd want to be doing like every day. But it'd be something to try, you know? But, and I mean, deep down though, I'll be keep coming back to, you know, all those canoes that are in my garage, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a regional thing though, too, because like uh, backpacking or hiking has always been the number one recreational thing around the world, right? Yep. Oh, he's giving me his glass. He wants more Would whiskey. Would you mind feeling oh, my glass? more whiskey? Oh, I see how it goes. Yeah, bring me a bottle, but I have to pour you the bloody stuff. I see what's going on. Since we don't know how to open it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, um, so... Then you got to pour, uh, your you pour yourself oh, yeah. in too, right? Yeah, all that stuff on myself. What the hell's going on in this world? Um, I'm getting old. I'm just joking. I'm not old. I'm wise and sexy. So uh, <laughs> you're mature. Yes. You but take that the, back. The thing about backpacking is, um, I started taking students at risk backpacking because the the I would I was dealing with the politics of taking them canoeing in late season. I just gave up. I said, look, I'll just take them backpacking. Why? I don't care how they get out there as long <laughs> as they're out there. But yep. they have to be out for seven days. Oh, we can't do seven days. Kevin, I went, well, then I, I don't take the job. I don't make any money doing this job. Like you guys have already talked about, there's no yeah. money to be made in the outdoor world. There's there's money in, in the spiritual, you know, but there's not money in the bank. But I said, look, um, for them to change their lives, it doesn't happen until day five. So uh, whether I'm paddling with them, sandboarding, kayaking, whatever. So yeah, and go to my YouTube channel and watch those videos of me taking students out on backpacking trips and you won't see the magic happen until three quarters through the trip. The first couple of days, they're bailing. I have to do They're miserable. This, this year I did, I did three um, evacs and they're all to do with uh, anxiety attacks. Oh really? Wow. Nothing to do with physical, nothing. Hmm. And that's the same thing. I, you know, the ones that came to me and had problems, I go, look, I'll, I'll bail you out. I'll get you out because you, you have something mentally going on, which is the same thing as a broken ankle. Yep. Uh, but we all gathered together, and I, I, I work with some amazing leaders. Like, like these guys are in the field, and they know their stuff, like, like far more than I do. And they all got together at the end of the trip. They're like, oh, my God, what is happening? Like, like there was no broken arms, no nothing. They were all anxiety attacks for, hmm. for bailout. I had one student um, saying, I can't go on any, any further. Well, what do you want me to do? We'll call in the helicopter. I went, we, we don't do that. 
<laughs> even if you have a broken ankle, like they don't yeah. like to call in a helicopter is a huge thing. Um, well, and I and I love these kids, so it's not it's not a negative thing. I'm really concerned that actually that our our bailout and our our you know calling in the, the cavalry is basically because of anxiety. They yep. can't deal with being out in the woods. Hmm. That scares the living crap out of me because our world will crumble if they if they don't connect to nature, they will absolutely hate yeah. And if they don't they don't like nature, then they can, you can just kiss it goodbye. And then I, us as society would. I, I I had a job years ago where I, I I interviewed seven hermits that lived by themselves, and uh, they all did different interviews. Um, they all said, well the world of water and everything else but all of them said all separate interviews said it will the world will end because of self-interest oh that 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 will be the end of us yep and you see that mm -hmm. so well i i've i've mentioned a few times on our our show over the last couple of years is the amount of people i mean i grew up outdoors we always i mean as northern ontario out in saskatchewan alberta used to go camping in the rockies a few times this summer all that stuff um, we were always outdoors, fishing or playing, running through the woods, all that sort of stuff. When my dad retired from the Air Force and we moved to Toronto area, the amount of people I'd met that had never been out of Toronto or, or north of Barrie and had never been camping and had never done all this stuff just floored me. The people that never, their, their only contact with nature was like going to the local park, you know, and the little, the local green space in the middle of the city. And that was their only connection to nature. So yeah, we got to get people out there. And that's part of the reason why we do this is yeah. to get that information out there, spread it out there and, and say, Hey, you know what? There's pretty cool stuff happening. Got to check it out. So let me ask you, what was the most bizarre one when you were doing the interview, you were like, I don't believe this is happening. I don't know about interviews. Not about interviews. Uh, you know, some of the things that we discovered, it's like, yeah. oh my goodness. There's some is pretty that weird things. Yeah. That, two, two sayings that, that I know I say a lot on the show we're all going to die. Yeah. And how is this a thing? Yes. The best one that I still want to try, and it's cool because it my, my, my daughter is big into Asian art and, and yes. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. She's going through university through art history, classical studies and museum, all that sort of stuff. Right. So a couple of three majors or something. All I know is my wallet cries every time she walks by. Um, so <laughs> she wants to go to Japan. Well, we just happened to be looking for something. And I came across this article and some videos. There's this Canyon in Japan and 200 years ago, they used to set up all these rafts, link them together, and float them down these rapids. It was their log drives. So they, they would raft take the logs oh, together yeah. and take supplies down the canyon to the other towns. Yeah. So it was this big articulating snake of a log boom. Dudes on the front. Because it's narrow. Yeah. So they have to aim it down the whitewater and down this river in Japan. And so it just, it's like six or 10 or 12 rafts of logs that are tied together like a big snake and it goes down this river. And that's their log drive. Dude's at the front with this massive tiller. So wow. it's not at the back, it's at the front. You and there's, there's, there's guys with big poles that walk up and down this thing as it's moving. And yeah, it's, it's, if you look at the front, because the front is tapered, 
It almost looks... You picture a dragon, a Japanese dragon going... Down this river. Down this river. Well, somewhere along the way, they said, well, we, we got roads now. We don't need this. But someone said, well, okay. Stick with me on this one. <laughs> Let's put some poles that people can stand between and hold on to, like, and we'll take people like down. Parallel bars, valley parallel bars. So that's imagine that. So there are people lined up on this snake log river, this snake log drive. With one of these bars on each side of them yep. they're holding on to, and they're going down the rapids. And now this is a ride. Yeah. People pay you to pay, go. People pay to go on this. When we first saw this, like, what is that? Oh, I want to do it. It's amazing. It is yeah. absolutely amazing. So, so if my daughter goes to Japan, I'm going with. She's going to go to Nagasaki and all these other museums and stuff. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to one spot and I'm going to spend like a week there, just going down till <laughs> I. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. So there's some weird stuff like that that we found, um, and you just see it like like this is really cool. Um, some stuff you you, it's neat. You know, people are kayaking and stuff through through caves and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, or on, you go through a cave and then come out in a big grotto or whatever yeah. you want to call it, a cleared area and there's beaches and stuff and then they come back out to get out a lot of that's in south asia what country Pacific, is it with the you know? huckleberry finn tom sawyer raft run sweden so in sweden what? Yeah. you they you pay to build yeah a giant like raft you wood go to this log raft giant setup area and they have this giant pile of logs so pick your logs we'll show you how to build a raft you build this giant raft they With show you how to, it's on all, it. It's just ropes tied this raft together. And then you put your tent and camp on the raft. So you can, and, and then you float down the river. This is your week long Five day, trip. week long. Yeah. So when you get down to the bottom, you pull ashore wherever you decide to pull ashore. You untie your raft and release the logs. And they have a catcher, like a, like a cow catcher at the bottom of this river. Collects up all the logs. They put them on trucks. Bring and bring the start. logs back to the top. And somebody else builds a new raft. How is this a thing? <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> These are the things that we've been finding yeah. over the last couple of years. Weird stuff like now. That's why we need sponsors to help us pay for stuff. Because <laughs> we want to do these things and not just talk about them. Things. Like I say, the guys from Paddle Nepal. Anytime you're in Nepal, come and see us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Any anybody want to send us to Nepal? To go, go check these guys out. You know. Um, Paddle in Morocco. They said the same things. Well, we'll take a rafting through Morocco. Well, because you know that's where my big happy home is. Yeah, in Morocco. We are there, there on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the family in the back of the private yeah. jet, and so it's wow, interesting. Right. We are so, getting yeah. noticed, and people are like extending invitations. And but it's not very realistic that yeah. we're going to make it to Nepal or. <laughs> but what, what you <laughs> said? Well, never say never. No, yeah, no, but, it's, yeah. it's totally. Possible. What you said about the Spey River? How you know you're, you're finding these five thousand year old rocks? One of the episodes we did was um, different different routes that we'd take if we could, and there was one that I picked because that was our. If you could, was it kayak anywhere in Europe, or canoe anywhere in Europe? And one of mine was going. Th you start in Germany. And there's a one river that you you can go through Germany. You end up over in the Ukraine, sort of thing. But it goes right through a lot of these major cities that you can stop. And like if you follow the route, there's these massive museums and historical sites, <coughs> castles, and all that stuff right along the route that you'd be paddling. And that'd be awesome to do stuff like that. But again, we just poor people and can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> so until we make a you know. Until, until we get our million listeners a month sort of thing and people start just dousing us with money that, you know, we're, 
washing ourselves in it. They're I've got a tear in my eye right now. Please send some support to these gentlemen. They yes. want to go world traveling and traveling. Yes. Send money. Send money, please. Start, send, start a GoFundMe. Yeah, go, go, go fund us. <laughs> Not fungus. Fund us. I just see the crowdsourcing right now. Oh, I tell you. It's just rolling in. The money's just rolling in. There's so much. We could even bring you. Oh, my God. I know. So the cool thing about it is um, I, I, probably every week I get the one question. Um, uh, I want to make a living writing and filming. How do I do that? And and that's not an easy answer to give anybody, but I get the no. answer. I get the question a lot. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, the, the simple, simple point of it is there is no money to be made in yeah. the outdoor world. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like, there is money to be made. Uh, people invent things and, like, the yeah. rest are you're, yeah. and you're, like, you're talking money. product. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, if there, if, there was a, if there was tons of money, and I shouldn't say that, but there was tons of money to write guidebooks in Ontario. Then be a lot more everybody would be doing it. it. Yeah, yeah, and it would be done for the wrong reason. Exactly. And so I knew that going into it, though. Like, mm-hmm. I was no fool. I knew I wasn't going into the world of, ooh, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I taught, and I, I did drywall, and I did roofing, and did all these things to make a, to make to pay bills, um, and I still work on my own. Um, and But... And I, there's days I curse, like the, you know, I just like do all these things and I can't even pay the, the bills, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, but you know, you, you, at the end of the day, I'd be that old man. Like I said, long time ago in one of Justine's films and someone quoted me the other day on Facebook on that. And I love that. that I love yeah, that. you quoted. That I got quoted. Yeah. And I, and, I, and uh, quote I'd rather be that, in your name. Oh, you know. Yeah. I'd rather be that eighty-year-old man that that instead of sitting there saying I wish I did, that I actually did. Yeah. yeah. You know, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, because yeah. nobody. Well, if you do at when you're eighty, sit in the porch and start counting your money, then there's something wrong. Yeah. You. So. Yeah, I mean, when people I find went out down I do the Spay River and drank the whole entire time for free. <laughs> <laughs> years old telling that story to my grandchildren. I remember. I remember back yeah. in the day. Now you know what people when they oh you do a podcast on why don't you why don't you do this like for a living? Well, because mm. my wife has this thing about you know roof over her head, yeah. car to drive, <laughs> food, yeah. clothes to wear. <laughs> yeah, there's you know what you got to have the passion for. If something you know just happens to drop in your lap one day and so you know what, there's all the money. Here's what you need to do. We want you yeah. to do this. We want you to do this. Then, then fine. If if I can turn this into a living yeah. that pays what I'm making now, then so yeah. be it. We met one of the guys when we were at the winter camping symposium. We weren't even in the door, and a guy oh, held yeah, the yeah. door open for us. Uh, and he said, "Well, it kind of freaked Sean me out, Derek, because I walked up, and the man he held the door open to the front door of the theater, the steps. He held it open. He says, "Hey, you're Derek from Paddling Adventures Radio," and I'm like. Who are you? How do you know me? What what's going on? <laughs> because like I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I was like saying to Sean, it's like, is my picture on the website? How does this guy know who I am? Right? But I, I guess because my Facebook is associated with Paddling. But there is Adventures pictures Radio of us on our and, website, the blog yeah, part yeah, of it and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's like yeah. it's like I just got spotted. But so, it was so weird. When, when he turns to me and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm chatting with him. He says, you know what? I look at you. And I hear you on the radio, 
And I did not expect that voice to come from that face. Is that a compliment or is that... Okay, thanks, man. Because I'm thinking... What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> my my dad taught me that. My dad taught uh, my dad was a professional boxer, so I would hang around with him. And I wasn't look at me. I'm not was never a boxer. I, I got more of my mom's side of the family, uh, Scottish side than the Irish side. But but yeah, I'd hang around with him in gym, and 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 he was well known, and and people would talk to him, and I'd stand there, and then I realized, oh, my daughter's doing the same thing. So I'll be at the grocery store, and I'll be lining up, and some person that, you know. I don't really know, but they're on my Facebook and yeah. they'll come up and talk to me. And I've always been like that, very social, and I'll talk to them. And my, my daughter does the semester with the, the bag over the head. Oh, father, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> She's a teenager, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the one day, actually, it was just last week, we had a talk and talked about that. And I went, That's what you do, Kyla. You, you, you actually, she goes, But you don't even know them. I went, Well, I will after the conversation. Yeah. But I go, I don't walk away from them. No. Yes, they, they actually want to talk to me. They're normal people, and they they like to have a conversation with me. And she goes, "Yeah, but they don't really know." I went, "Yeah, okay. So what do you do? What's the opposite? You just sort of say, I'm sorry, I don.' Don't talk to people while I'm lining up at the grocery store, and um, yeah, it, it's maybe that's Canadian. I don't know. Maybe that's our culture. I get some uh, good conversations going. Yeah, in the least likely places. But it's also but yeah. it's also on, on the level of it's, it's a very low murmur. It's it's occasional. Yeah. But like, if it's it's something that you have the the joint interest in, yes, yeah, because yeah. they know who you are and what you do. But they like what I do, and they yeah. like what yes. they do. So there's that connection. And yeah. they, so my daughter figured that out. And a beautiful moment was on Sunday. We're driving home from my visit my family. Oh, we had a Christmas family, uh, way back, way way back. And uh, I got to tell you, whew, I'm the quiet one. <laughs> I have three older sisters there, just quite crazy. And my my my, uh, my daughter was having conversations with complete strangers, and I was like, "Yeah, see, she's learning from that." Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So okay, okay. So what uh, of all the so two years have gone by? Yep. So name me five hosts that just freaked you out. Guests. Yeah. Oh, not hosts. Yeah, sorry. Guests. Oh, guest. Uh, there was that first one, Kevin Callan. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's a given. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's, well, there's twice there. Yeah. He's got problems. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He's got problems. They'll be solved in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Have we had five guests? Um, that, that's something oh, that... you know who the We had Jim Baird. Baird. Jim Baird. Baird. Yep. So yeah. Yes. That, that was that, amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, and Tori. I like talking yeah. to Tori because we had her throw him right under the bus. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's a few. It's, David Lee. Yeah. He was David good Lee. because you were away. He so, he was a guest, David Lee co-hosted. guest host. Oh, guest, really? guest host. Yeah. 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 Because I was away on vacation. We didn't have any recordings in the bag. And so, he came and he guest hosted for one and a half episodes. Well, I can't see David saying too much. He, he's, uh, I, I read oh, his we could have shut him he up. He doesn't say too much of anything. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Passion Paddler, right? Passion Paddler, right? yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he was going to try to take over our show, but, you know, it was happening in my house, so he really couldn't. <laughs> he told me to leave, and I said, oh, no. <laughs> I, will, I will say this, though. We went down, and this is by far one of my, my, my most favorite episodes because there's an extra story that goes with it. The Meanest Link. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I thought, you know what? Why don't we get all the Meanest Linkers together and we'll do a show an episode about what does it take to do the meanest link yes what i did that 
Did you? I know. No, I didn't. Don't yeah. ever do that. That's the stupidest trip I've ever done. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. So we went down to New York State, where the Scarlet Brothers live. Mark and John Scarlet. Oh, really? I, I, we we I, went down there. And I brought all my gear, set them up. Derek wasn't able to make it. No. One of the meanest linkers wasn't able to make it. But we sat there around a table, nice round table, and they just talked about their trip. I just hit record and off they went. Yeah. And afterwards, I, we were sitting there and John and Mark Scarlett have been canoe tripping for, what was it, almost 50 years together? Yeah. Right? They started way back... I mean, back before all the routes in Algonquin Park were there, they camped in places like before the dams in Renfrew were put in. They camped like which on areas where they're now underwater because of that dam. Yeah. They had to go around logging areas and stuff like that because they were still logging. That's how long they've been doing. They saw Sputnik while camping. In Algonquin. In Algonquin Park. Yeah. They the were And they watched it go for the first time over yeah. top of them. That's how long they've been doing it. So I said... Can I just chat with you guys? So he set them up in front of a, a microphone and they just talked about their first canoe trip all the way to present day to doing the meanest link and all that. It's probably episode in the 40s or something. No, nah, 29 and 30 or something Was like that? that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got all that and we camped and, and did, we camped on their property, that sort of stuff. And when we were driving by, back, there was four of us in the, in the truck driving back. And I just said, you know what? These recordings some days, they're really going to be special. Because, I mean, John and Mark It's a are, verbal historical yeah, record. It's a verbal yeah. historical record. And everybody's like, you know what? That's going to be cool that, you know, 20 years from now that you can pull that out and say, look at that. Boom. These two guys, yeah. you know, like hopefully they're still with us at the time 20 years from now and we'll be able to, yeah, we went down there and we talked and listened to their story, right? How cool is this? Mm -hmm. They did all this stuff. They were like the first sort of like pioneers, you know, yeah. and we're getting all this firsthand audio recording of them doing it. And I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm the cat's ass cause I got this and this is cool. I'm never <laughs> losing this and everything <laughs> like that. And we did our episode and like that and made sure everybody knew it was being played and they loved it. Their, their families loved hearing about the stories. John passed away this fall. So we went down there and a couple of people came up to me and go, you're the guy that did the radio show. We listened to it and we, we found out stuff about, you know, my dad, and my uncle, we never knew. Right. Yeah. And, and this stuff that like even their own family didn't, oh yeah, way back then they did this and they did that and they saw this and they saw that and people just loved it. And I had a hard drive out of the blue, just crash. And I thought I'd lost those recordings. Everything. All gone. Yeah, all gone. And then it just so happens on my recorder here, for some reason, I put the original recordings in another folder. Still on here. He found it there. I, fa found I, found last them, week. I found them last week and I'm just like, so all the raw recordings, like he had edited it all down. It was like four hours of recording. For an episode, sort of so we, we created the episode and then all the raw, uh, the raw yeah. Because there was stuff that was, I mean, it was so long to fit in an hour show, right? It doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to cut out like two hours worth of recording. So what a find that was to find all that raw recordings of that whole event yeah. of, of talking to the Scarlet Brothers. Especially now that one of the brothers has passed away, yeah. unfortunately. And, and just to be able to 
put that on. I'm like, what is this recording? And then it, and it just like, oh my God, what a treasure. I thought I lost I, I, this. I thought yeah. I lost all this. And, just, and you just start listening to this again. You know, and I think that's probably one of the best, best, oh, I got chills. Yeah, the best yeah. garage fire type thing. professionals I'm working with tonight. <laughs> they, they had the best recording in the world and almost lost. <laughs> he says professionals, but does he really know who we are? <laughs> hey, you went, uh, you went uh, canoeing with uh, uh, Camper Christina yes. about a month ago. And Mike Burns. Or more. Yeah. Mike yeah. Burns. Yeah, yeah. That, I listen to that. Halliburton Highlands. It yeah. was a good trip. Yeah. And it was you really didn't good die. Trip. I didn't die. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. You almost had a new job as a podcast host. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, we got to pay camper was, Christina was, more than twenty bucks to off somebody. Oh yeah, <laughs> you made a roast in yes. the morning. Oh, yeah, not was, at night. In it the was, morning. Yes. So it was Mike Burns, and what it was is, uh, so Mike Burns brought that. That was supposed to be the uh, the last night, that last evening supper. And uh, so the weather was, it was going to, the forecast, we could see the forecast was going to rain all day long. So it was like, do we do we just kind of hide under this tarp all day and it was cold it was oh, hovering it was hovering near zero so we instead of staying that one night christina had to leave so we just decided well you know what let's leave with her let's leave all at the same time so the roast was so called the a roast, sally girl roast it was a what the <laughs> <laughs> sally girl roast <laughs> It's called. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, so it, no, it, you so, toughed, you tried to tough it out, and then we decided, you know what? You caved it, in. It, well, it was. It, we weren't gonna have any fun. We couldn't go paddling. It was raining, and it wasn't just normally. If it's raining, you just tough it out. But it was raining and cold. It was hovering. No, I like, wouldn't have done the same thing. It, 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 it was borderline <laughs> sleet, right? It was yeah. so cold. South so Trump. we just okay. we were gonna make. We we're gonna. I go. I don't know. I think we we're gonna have, do pancakes or something. And uh, so we just said, you know, well, let's leave. Okay, well, what about my roast? It's like, well, uh, you know, Mike, let's, let's make them. So we, we threw them on the fire and we had roast for breakfast. And it wow. was awesome. Wow. It was awesome. Roast was, beef breakfast. Yeah. Wow. Okay, was, so what was the best meal you've had in the wilderness? <sighs> so many. I know one I wasn't happy on. Um, <laughs> okay, tell that one. I, can, I can't eat corn. Oh, yes. Mike, we, we went on a... This was Mike Burns' trip. Mike Burns made this stew. This could be a delicate well, topic yeah. for the radio program. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to poos? Oh. The trots. Corn affects me like that. Lickety split. So we went on a big day trip. And we got back. I mean, you're using your headlamps by the time you get back sort of thing. So Mike says, yeah, it's my turn for dinner. And just heat it all up. So, you know, okay, here, puts it in a bowl turn your headlamp on, you're in around the fire. And all of a sudden my stomach just started gurgling. And I'm like, oh man, just pains, cramps. He says, I said, nothing affects me like that but corn. And Mike, all you hear is, oh. What do you mean, oh? I turned my headlamp on and it was a ton of corn in his stew. <laughs> Off I went. I was up through the trees, my pants down my knees. <laughs> Years ago, I had a, a good friend of mine from school. I would go tripping with me, but he would not poo for days. I got a buddy like that. Oh, it's, He's just, it's, it's like it's like automatic corkage. Yeah, the no, minute he, he enters the bush, 
And he's like, it's not that I don't have to, it's just, or, or I don't want to. It's just, I can't. He'll <laughs> go up there and sit. No, and- this, this guy was different. He was sort of like, I won't. So uh, we did the Des Moines River for five days, and he did not. Wow. And then, and then he came back to my house, ran upstairs, used my bathroom, plugged the toilet, flooded it. There was, there was poop and water coming down my chandelier, or light, but I don't have a chandelier, but down, and, and I, so every Christmas, for I don't know how many years, I, I would give him a, how to poop in the woods book and a plunger. <laughs> I don't find this funny, Kevin. I do. <laughs> I do now. I didn't find it funny that one day. <laughs> I, I find it now. Oh, All I know is if you're ever on a long extended canoe trip through wilderness area that doesn't see much traffic, so there's no thunder boxes, and you're wearing a hoodie and you don't want to get anything on it, you hang your hoodie on a tree, oh. you do your business. Don't forget your hoodie when you walk away. <laughs> yeah, there's a tree up there. There's a tree in Woodland Caribou. With a hoodie hanging off it. Perfectly good Olympic Roots hoodie hanging off of it. <laughs> and uh, poop that's now being decomposed. Eating the worms. Yeah, but it's underground. Yeah, with some corn in it. With some corn in it. This episode's going downhill really fast. No, Tim, Tim from uh, the owner of a Canadian Outdoor Equipment, uh, he had dreads uh, at one point. And he cut his dreads off and put it in the bush. And I think it would be the greatest Happy Camper video of all to go back to those dreads and see if they're still hanging Still if they're hanging in the tree? Because <laughs> that, I think it's 10 years. Wow. Uh, some birds probably make a nest out of it by now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. A quote, a, a famous quote from my brother, never eat a burrito from 7-Eleven when you know you've got a 20-kilometer dirt road oh. to travel down. <laughs> you guys are insane. I tell you, after after one hundred episodes, there, there will never be a one hundred and one after this. Uh, so okay, so for hosts, you got uh, who'd you have? You had uh, Passion Paller. You had uh, Jim Baird, Tori. Yes, um, Camper Christina was on. Uh, we had David Bain. We talked to Jeff McMurtry when he was yeah Jeff's maps yeah. Um, Mike Burns. Mike Burns has been on a couple of times. He was our surprise guest. Yeah. Because we said, hey, yeah, we're, we're recording tonight. Why don't you come on by? Because he was, him and was, Derek were going on a trip. I was doing a trip yeah. with Mike. So I said, well, while you're here, we're going to go and record. Yeah. So he so thought he, he was going to sit up, there and listen. Well, surprise. <laughs> you're hosting tonight. <laughs> you're on. <laughs> so yeah, we set him a seat, had him a beer and yeah. let him join in. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what our show is, right? Just just join in, have some fun. It's a conversation. You were at the Kenny Museum the first time, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, now you look at them. They announced uh, uh, this morning that the the Peter Bros. throwing in. Yeah, gave them four million. Four million over eight years. Oh, yeah, moving. awesome. Yeah, yeah they, they were going to give them two, and then you they said they're moving. Four. Yeah, they're going to move uh, on uh, by uh, the Autonomy River by the lift lock. Oh, yeah, okay. they're building yeah. that big uh, thing, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. new building. Yeah, yeah. So huh. you know, yeah. It, it's all happening and it's cool. really exciting. So that's two years down the way, and things are changing. Things are going on, and yeah. And well, so in two years, we'll be doing our two hundredth episode. Maybe we'll go there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and it will not take you that long to get two hundred. Well, it almost took us two years it's to get one. one no, no, it's no. One After week. this one, you'll have sponsors coming out of your yin yang. But it's still oh, one episode a week. One episode a week. <laughs> still, so mathematically, some we, make, will we, actually we just, make five million dollars a year, so we can adjust time. So, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by corn. 
<laughs> well, kind. We, we, we often daydream about, hey, maybe someday we'll be on XM Radio. We'll have our own channel on XM Radio. and <laughs> That'd be cool. We also wanted to get Prime Minister Trudeau on our radio show. Yeah, and talk we, we, couldn't get, the, yeah. we couldn't get Justin Trudeau, so that's we that's, decided yeah. to have you on 100. Yeah. It I was love, either, it was, it was the, the options were... The Queen. The Queen, Justin Trudeau. Or Kevin Callan. Yeah, but that looks sexier on a horse. Than the, the queen? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we both say that? Like, <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> this is going downhill. It's <laughs> <laughs> really fast. So, um, yeah, you know what? We've had we had some really good guests on here. There's there's a lot more guests that we're, we're trying to get on. And as the show progresses, we're learning how to do things and... We're getting our phone systems up and running yes. better now. That you know what, like there's, we like doing interviews like this where we can sit and chat beforehand, chat after, do the you know the show yeah. like this live with the person. But we're fine. There's a lot of people that we'd love to talk to, and the only way to talk to them is by phone. So we're we're yeah. getting all that technology going here. People do the Skype thing, but they complain there's problems with it and all that. But the biggest concern yeah. is the audio quality when yeah. you do a phone interview. Yeah, I do a lot of CBC radio stuff, and they love in-studio. Yeah. Um, but if they can't, they'll do phone, but they don't want to. And we experimented with Skype, but in live interviews, you can't count on it. Yes. Yeah. So It could so get dropped. They, they and, haven't. Yeah. Um, but for me to do uh, I love CBC, so I have no problem doing it. But for me to do CBC, I get up at 3.30 in the morning. I oh. get there at 5.30, 6. I go on, I'm on there till two in the afternoon, love the host all the bit, drive home, and I'm done. Oh, yeah, it's a so, tough day, yeah. Yeah, but I could have done the same thing at home in an hour. Yes. Uh, but they're right. The quality, audio quality is totally different. So so basically what you're saying is we're comparable to CBC. <laughs> I actually really like podcasts. I, I love radio and podcasts. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of media the last two weeks, uh, a lot, and I will turn down TV. Oh yeah. Um, well, looking at my calendar, like it's Got not it. not being a negative nanny. Whatever, yeah. But but I'll but I will not uh, turn down radio and and podcasting. Radio's fun to do. I mean, that's, and I think that's part of the reason we keep doing it. Is I mean, we we feed off of each other, and people definitely say, you know what, the two of you got you got you got this chemistry that goes, and you feed off of each other, and it becomes really interesting and funny and whatnot. Um, and and I think that's I, I really enjoy it, and that's why I think it, it's lasting. Is and I know Derek enjoys it as well. Is because you don't have to be, you know, serious, you know, no makeup and all that sort of yeah, stuff to make exactly. yourself look good in front of yeah. the camera and, and you don't whatnot. Just suck in and, my gut. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> 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 your gut sucked in all. I can't all, believe you're just sitting here with, with trousers on. Yeah. Yeah. Boxers. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to wear our pants? Oh, <laughs> you're in yeah. the control, boys. <laughs> that Today's was a- episode is brought to you by. Thing thongs. <laughs> you wear your thong backwards. <laughs> Derek wears a thong once in a while. And he always wears it backwards. <laughs> You're picturing it. That's bad. <laughs> I can see him now wearing a thong. <laughs> Speedo man got nothing on Derek. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to know about Speedo. <laughs> I have to live my life with that. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. Very odd, but so social media. Because yes. you talk a lot about social media, and, and this is one of the things that we've been talking a lot about for the last yes. between the two of us, probably the last six months or so. We've been 
tossing these topics back and forth. Yeah, and so we 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 had planned this, and so we noticed that unprompted, you mentioned it a couple of times throughout the whole evening social media, this social media that because it's becoming a big thing with with the backcountry, with with camping, with with all of these outdoor sports. Like you can see the progression, and you talked about it yourself, how you progressed through different technologies and writing your books and, you know, your typewriter and floppy disk and stuff like that. Well, with social media, there's, there was, a, there's a progression of interaction with the backcountry and, and some, a lot of people consider some of it is negative and damaging, but then you're also talk about how you're introducing a whole new generation to the backcountry. And it's not always in a positive way. Like there's, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past about social media and there's a few articles we found on like CBC and stuff. And there's, uh, there's the, uh, the Instagram effect where somebody goes out and takes this fantastic Instagram and they put the right filter on and you get this nice sunset on a rocky cliff. And, and so it's like beautiful and everybody goes, got to go there so then some of these backcountry sites some of these front country sites they get overrun and you have you're driving people and attention to a place by people who are not used to backcountry so they're not used to like uh, leave no trace ethics and cleaning up after yourself and and not like carving your name and your loved one's name into a tree and so the back country and the front country are getting loved to death. So that that's one of the things we want to talk to you about in your experience. How do you see that social media and all those effects, how that is affecting the whole system of people using the back country and how it, like there's obviously there's negative side and there's a positive side and then there's a neutral side, right? So there's, there's a lot to do with, social media and and its effects and you must you must be aware that you you're paying attention this is this is what you do now back in the day you know like you get a few buddies that yeah look at this fish i caught and you maybe tell a couple guys well this is where you, where i caught it well now people are putting that on facebook instagram twitter exactly. oh i think that sort of thing yeah, I think, and there, were, there yeah. was a big hubbub this past summer about fishing, yes. a Freedom of Information Act, and that was huge. And yes, huge yes. in in the fishing community more so than canoe community. That was huge, man. Um, okay, so I, I never think of myself uh, of an age. I don't really think of age. Uh, I, I I am who I am. In fact, I I don't really realize if I'm old unless I look at the, at the in the mirror. But when that fishing thing happened, so if you don't know about it, basically this guy, him and his son went to Algonquin. And I watched his channel. I think his channel was amazing, uh, his YouTube. Um, and they were catching brook trout beyond measure. Yeah. And I know Algonquin, and I've fished there since I was a kid. And um, I was like, wow, those are good speckles he's catching. And then he's got this comment. And so some guy said, well, where'd you catch them? And he goes, yeah, so sorry, I'm not going to tell you that. Exactly. Why would and, I? And, yeah, and he said it very politely. He said, like, you know, like, uh, and the reality of it is, if you want to catch brook trout, you do the work, buddy. Yes. Yeah. So yes. let's talk about social media and going back into the day. In the day, you did the work. Um, you well, did your own. there was no social media. Yeah. You wanted to write a book. You wanted to write an article. You wanted to go and catch brook trout. You wanted to do this. You did the work. You did the trip. 
and you worked your buns off for that, right? And you might have got interest, but you didn't do it for interest. You did it because you wanted to catch the brook trout. So he caught the brook trout, and this one guy said, I want to know where that is. And he goes, yeah. So I, and everybody was asking. Yeah. And he said no, and everybody kind of laughed. And because going back to the day, too, and my dad and I, we would go to a brook trout spot, and I would literally would, well, you go to my book, uh, Brook Trout and Black Flies, there was a, a picture of my buddy holding up a huge brook trout that was caught in Daisy Lake. That was not caught in Daisy Lake. You think the <laughs> hell I would tell anybody I caught that exactly, in Daisy yeah, Lake? Yeah. And I remember telling the editor, do not put the name of that lake that I caught that brook trout on. Why? You don't do that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Nobody does and that. And so uh, he, so this this guy went to the MNR and said, I want to know where this guy camped. Freedom of information. Give yeah. me his camp permit. And the thing is, I recognize the lake. And it's not on a typical canoe route. It's an offshoot lake, I'm pretty sure. And he worked hard to get to that lake. So good for him, good for his son. <laughs> and I, you know, I hope the other guy that did that, he thinks he's right and he won. He, they went through the courts and he won. Oh, did he get? Yeah, I hope St. Peter. Because I know at first the M&R kind of blew him off, said, yeah, They whatever. did, but they lost But then that. he reiterated the freedom of information yeah. and says, no. This is a free information So request. real people working for the government, not the government, real yep. people, the really good people that we all know from Ontario Parks and whatever. We can curse the government all we want. And yep. I curse them all the time. But the real people that I know, the superintendents, the people that work in parks that I love, they said, screw you, you yep. son of a... They, they lost. And um, they tried to give them the runaround. Run, uh, run and they lost. And then so it went and they, they then he found out. So here's the thing. The answer for social media. So the guy just recently, a couple weeks ago, said, well, I'm going to go on a canoe trip this year, so what should I do? Fake my name? Yeah. Or should I, uh, should I tell everybody where I'm going? Or should I do this? And a lot of people said, well, maybe sh you shouldn't YouTube you and your son fishing. Yeah. Because that's what caused the problem. Yeah. I, I can't answer that because that's what I do all the time. Exactly, I, I, yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, but the thing is, is that the reality of it is, that one guy, I I hope to. <laughs> so I, I'm Irish Catholic, whatever, and I'm not really, really religious, but I hope to God there's a person named Saint Peter at the gate, sitting <laughs> there in a chair. Give him a good smack. Not a smack. Just sit down. We're having a conversation. Yeah. And Saint Peter would just say, "What did you do in this world? Yeah. That de deserves you to go in the gate. And." That doesn't exist. I, I know that doesn't exist, but oh my God, there's days in my life yeah. where I'm thinking, we all, there's so many of us that do good and there's this one just prick in this world that has a terrible life and something's going on that, that does that. Who does that? <laughs> yeah. Right? So how what, is this a thing? Yeah. No, <laughs> and, how, how, yeah. I want yeah. to find out where the guy went on a canoe trip so I can catch the trout he did with his son and it's a freedom of information so you can't do anything about me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 St. Peter... Sit him down and, well, maybe smack him. So there's been, there's anyway, been, we're going, yeah. So yeah, going there's been talk media. about I'm who this guy is. I, I'm curious who the guy is. Yeah. yeah. So well, see, there's the thing though. There's the thing about social media. Now you're curious. Now you're going to go online. He's going to get more views. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, but um, I'm also the person that will not back down from changing times. If, if I did, so I'd be at the Toronto Outdoor Show and I'll have a lineup of people and I'll, I'll be signing books. And right now, last year especially, three quarters of the people were 
new Canadians, young people, not one of them knew I had a book. Oh. Not one. And I'm thinking, but I'm signing a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I love your YouTube channel. I went, yeah, I have a book here. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's really cool. So I'm a fan from your YouTube channel. I went, oh, great. So what do I get from YouTube? I have 14,000 viewers. I make on, if I monetize my videos, I make 130, last month I made $136. Like, wow, that's paying the bills. Yeah. I didn't do that for that. I, I mean, well, that'd be fantastic if I did. Yeah. I would love that. That'd be a fantastic job if I did. So I'm not going to curse that if I did, but I don't. But it keeps the, the market and the interest going. Exactly. Yeah. So if I just did it books, feeds books are itself. dead, right? Yeah. I mean, um, people still buy books, but... Yeah, books are dead. So, so if I do books, do articles, do blogs, do YouTube, do podcasts, uh, do all those things, then I guess to sum it all up, uh, about probably 10 years ago, I was on some morning show and there was some, some government guy. Him and I were on a talk show with this woman and they were talk, asking questions and then he worked for the uh, parks. Um, he was a government guy. He was very stale. Oh my God. He was so <laughs> I hope he's not listening. He was so <laughs> And so the woman asked me about bears. And so I went off in great tension. I went, oh yeah, I bring bear, bear spray in my tent. So if a bear comes in, I spray the, the bear with a canine pepper. So it blinds me. So I can't really see the bear when it kills me. <laughs> and she, she laughs. And when the camera was off, it was all live. And he, the camera's off. He goes, what you did was so wrong, Kevin. He goes, you were supposed to educate people and you did not. You just made fun of it. I went, yeah, sorry, I did educate. So yeah. you can do whatever you want. I'm okay with my, my myself. Yeah. I, I'm old enough now. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know my goods and bads and I got some bads and I'm okay with that. I know how to grab the rabbit and pull it out of the hat. Yeah. I teach students at risk. And if I don't do that in, in, in minutes or seconds, they'll be gone. And I won't educate them. with them anyway. Yeah. So you can actually go and do all you want, but your main job for the government is to educate people and they will never, ever have you on the show again. Never. Mm -hmm. But I will be on next week. So what is your job? You're, I mean, this man is making a wage. I'm trying to make a living. This man is making a wage. He doesn't even have to work. Yes. He, he's got, he's got benefits. He's got, he's got a, he can retire. And, and, but his main job is to educate the youth and you don't want to be an entertainer on TV. And Are that's freaking that's, that's, that's how you learn. Yeah. So ended up that woman became a huge, um, uh, star on CBC and her and I got along great. And I was on a whole bunch of her shows and that's how I got on CBC and blah, 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 blah. So the whole thing about social media, yeah, you, you can't say no. But there's days where, wow, there's a whole thing now where I'm getting concerned about, and it's, I think, a major concern, is this narcissism. So in the media, we always, all of us, every person has some little bit of narcissism. We always want everybody to look at us. Yes. Because it, it, we're, uh, unless you're a hermit, which is actually maybe <laughs> sometimes a good thing. Oh, would you like some more whiskey? I wouldn't mind. Oh. Gee, you're very needy, aren't you? Uh, you know. Oh, oh, you too? God, I'm the Producer, one script writer, equipment oh, guy. It's a job. Oh. Did you pour yourself some? Oh, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks, man. So, <laughs> cheers, everybody. Cheers. Everybody, all right. All right.
Anyway, right. narcissism. Narcissism. <laughs> Cheers, narcissism. Cheers, give me this. <laughs> Everybody be quiet. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> a narcissist. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, the thing what's going on, I think, in social media is that in the day when you wanted to write a book, it wasn't easy to get published. It wasn't easy to, to actually be a columnist for a magazine. You really worked hard, and it's like everything. There were some people that were better than others but didn't get the chance, and whatever, that happens. And in, in today's world, though, you can be, and that's the glory of it, you, you can have your own podcast, you can have your own exactly. YouTube channel, you can have your own, because social media has allowed that. And I don't watch TV. I don't even have to turn the TV blip, the thing on. I, I just watch YouTube and Netflix and my daughter and I, that's what we do for the night. So, but at the same time, you also have those other people that are on there that just want to show themselves and not really change the world, just maybe they're missing something in life and and they have their show and it's like, whoa, you could do so much damaging. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And and I, I see it more and more where, uh, I've seen a few uh, papers and a few articles written on it where it talks, it's that dopamine bump. So. You know, some people get it from alcohol. Some people get it from skydiving. That that surge, that thing, adrenaline yeah. junkie, that dopamine bump. And what they've seen now is that people are like, you can you can almost measure the dopamine bump by how many likes you get on a Facebook post. Or so yeah. people are the more likes they get, the more they struggle to get more likes. And so it's it's self-propagating. You become a dopamine junkie. And so people are, you know, those Instagram posts, the Facebook posts, and everybody's like, oh, I, I got to post something today. So they become a junkie for it. They want more and more and more. And where that, I guess, can take away from the backcountry is you go in the backcountry for the solitude to break free of society to to get back to nature to just enjoy listening to the water burble to listen to a loon and stuff like that and instead they're out there doing selfies and doing instagram shots and and, and with with uh so there was front country and back country but now with uh there's more satellite coverage and more cell tower coverage so that the backcountry is becoming more exposed and bare to this social media craze where people are able to post more and more and more where before it was you you would go into the backcountry and you'd come out at after the weekend and tell your friends but now or have a slideshow or have a slideshow or yeah, whatever right but now you're but now you're in it and you are in the backcountry and you're still able to post and get the that dopamine dopamine bump and and get all those likes and that crazy thing and so it's driving a lot of a lot of these uh i guess you call them they call them millennials and and whatever so a lot of these kids are getting out there and they're running rampant in the backcountry for what i think is the wrong reason they're doing it for a social media factor as opposed to disconnecting, getting away and enjoying the backcountry. You, you're, you're right with that. The only thing about it is, is that they're still getting out. Always do two things in social media. Keep everybody educated because that's what they want, want to go to social media for. Yeah. I mean, I don't, when I, I had to fix my snowblower today, I went right, what, right to video, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't go, there was a manual. 
printed manual somewhere in this house, but I couldn't find it. I just, and the other is the storyline. If you have no storyline, and that's the thing that I always uh, push to people. Like, I am not an expert on anything. Um, I love being out there. Mm-hmm. The passionate paddler idea, right? The yep. same idea. I love being out there. Um, and when I watched Bill Mason's videos, Water Walker was an amazing film. Why did we all watch Water Walker growing up? I don't know if some of us have. I've seen it now. Okay. <laughs> you made fun of me the longest time. Oh, that's a totally different. We should have a totally different <laughs> talk about. I was going to burn him at the stake. <laughs> We were a year into this show, and uh, it came up in one of the episodes. I just took for granted he had seen it. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What's this this you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't agree to keep him on, but my wife keeps saying, come on, he's a nice guy, bring him back. Give him this one. Like, I I enjoy the backcountry. I get out and do the backcountry, but I didn't look at a lot of videos. I just went out and did it, right? And so I was completely unaware of... Of like Becky Mason and Bill so, Mason and and but you that's know. like a, that's like a Catholic not reading the Bible. <laughs> he just wings it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so he made fun. And of now me. Kevin, my my pal, my buddy, you understand what I'm working with you. <laughs> and now you understand. Well, I can see it going through your brain. How have you guys lasted almost two years? <laughs> Once again, St. Peter's going to be at the game. Yeah, it's going to be you and Fishing Guy. <laughs> He's going to have a chat with you about Bill Mason, Water Walker. It's, it's going, going to be, going to be this little bench outside the pearly gates. There's going to be two of you at least sitting on that little bench waiting well, well, think about for this. the principal. I, I'm not a follower. I, I am more genuine with the backcountry. I'm doing it for myself and not because somebody else did it. I think it's very valuable. Uh, I'm just joking. I know. It smells like cow patties to me. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> He's got, a good, he's got a good point. I, I admire the good point. I really think it is. Because actually, in all honesty, uh, watching Bill Mason, um, I I grew up watching it, and I, I taught myself how to paddle and everything, watching his videos and stuff like that. But it really didn't matter. And, and actually, your point really validates this point. It's like, why we all like Bill Mason is, we didn't really like Bill Mason. We we wanted to be that guy in the red canoe. That did right. that, yeah. Like, we didn't... We could care less who was. You want to emulate was. him. You want to emulate. And, and actually, what? Bill knew that. Yeah. Like, he knew that 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 was the whole thing. Uh, he was a very smart man, and um, and uh, yeah, it, it basically we wanted to be that guy in the red canoe, and that's the Canadian icon. Mm-hmm. That person yeah. in the red canoe that that's going off into the wilderness and paddling. And we always want to be them. Yeah. Well, and you have the beard like him. But. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I got his hairline too. No, maybe he had a bit more. <laughs> so, so with social media, I, 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 I give and take. Um, I'm, I'm involved in it all the time. My, you know, I, on Facebook all the time, Twitter or tweeting, tweeting, whatever, all the time, uh, doing videos all the time, uh, still writing, uh, even though that's the archaic thing, but it's still doing that. It's all to get the message out there, and yeah, maybe a little dash of uh, narcissism gets me going through the morning. But yeah. but at the end of the day, I think here's a quick question. I asked this one person I knew that did social media that I knew did it for no other reason for themselves. I said, "What have you done in the, this year for no other reason? What do you mean?" Well, okay, so I I took this one guy out canoeing with his buddies because he was sick. On the uh, and did did a Voyager trip on the on the Grand River, and his wife contacted me and said he's 50, and that's his birthday and that's what he wants. He wants to go paddling with Kevin. There was no reason I should have done that. 
Oh. Right? But I did. Yeah. Why would I not do that? Mm-hmm. And that was an amazing day. Oh, yeah? Oh, it was an amazing day. And... Well, tell us about it. Well, I mean, I get a lot of messages asking for a lot of things, yes. right? So, and... But the one day, I... Well, I, I know you're a really busy man, but my... 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 my uh, my husband, uh, he's sick and he can't paddle anymore. And on his 50th birthday, all he wanted to do really is to go paddling with Kevin Callum. I'm thinking, and my daughter knows Kevin Callum. It's not the happy camper. It's this guy that actually lives in this place and takes care of Kyla and tries to make a living and yeah, try, yeah whatever. That's not happy camper. So, but but in his mind, it's different, right? So I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, I'll do that. Hmm. So I drove like, you know, down south and we, we, we all got in this Voyager canoe on the Grand River with him and his friends from his group. And, and then we, we had a native, native elder sort of gather and tell us some native stories on, around the campfire. And that was his day. And why did I do that? Well, I didn't do that for financial gain. Nobody paid me for it. Yeah. I didn't do it for narcissism because in theory, I could have just sat home and did nothing. Yeah. Um, but man, I felt good. Mm-hmm. And they all felt good. My daughter felt good that I did it. Uh, she learned from it. You're kind of giving back. And, yeah. And yeah. I pushed it through social media. So here's the thing. If it was real, I should have never told anybody about it. Yeah. Right? Just keep it quiet. Because then, therefore, I'm a narcissist if I, if I went and told everybody about it. No, everybody should know that I did that because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody in the canoe community should do is like, yeah, is to help yeah. everybody. You give back. So, so I think it's yin and yang. Yeah. Time and a place. Yeah. We're all going to die. Zombies yeah. are coming. Soon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we're prepared for that. The zombies. No, zombies can paddle. No, they can't. They can walk on the bottom of the lake and follow you though. Oh God. Oh. Yeah, so you don't know that they're under there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, we, we've got, so far, we have, we, we start talking about s and mm-hmm. Then we went to uh, to talk about some type of winter camping stuff. And then we talked about your beard. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about <laughs> you guys not really getting along and not actually survive for two years. Yes. And then we started talking about your worst um, guess and your best guess, and you really had nothing. Yeah, like yeah. I, I yeah. really threw that out and nothing. Well, we got, we enjoy everybody yeah. that comes on our show. Yeah, we just happy people say, "Oh, yeah, we'll we'll come and see you." Plus, we forget who's been on. <laughs> it's been it's almost two years. I forget what I had for breakfast this morning. Oh my god! Did I eat breakfast this morning? <laughs> oh, my wife's gonna kill me. I didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> and then we then we went on to talk about how the, the, the social media is going to rule. You know, ruin the backcountry. You no, know, it's gone. We're mm-hmm. all going to die. And then we started talking with zombies. And we we're drinking. Yep. Today's show is brought to you by Delwini. Yeah. Delwini. Delwini, 15 year 15. scotch. But not 12, 15. 15. Like, that's yeah. good. That's three extra years. <laughs> I'm starting to slur. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, before you slur yourself under the table, yes, let's talk about spring is coming. Yes. In a few months. So speaking engagements, speaking uh, engagements. trade shows, symposiums, Cunucopia. Are you speaking at Cunucopia? I am. Uh, so I have booked at everything. Yeah, so I, um, I'm at Cunucopia. I'm at the Quiet Water Symposium. Amazing symposium. If you haven't been there in Lansing, Michigan, it's amazing. Smaller than the Cunucopia. Yeah, so the week uh, before. Yeah. That's where we, we went last year. And there was a dude there that made uh, uh, wood kayaks. 
standard or uh, yes, uh, the Greenland yeah. style or yeah. whatever yeah. they were called. Oh amazing. wow, yeah. absolutely beautiful. There's a huge rabbit show. Yes, right beside oh, you. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit show. show. Oh my god, I gotta tell a story about that. Okay, so um, two years ago, I'm, 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 I'm I get off of the airport and I'm in the van going to the show, and the guy beside me in the show van is the head coach of the rabbit show. Coach? He judges rabbits for a living. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. I did not either. Was... But if you have this moment in your life to ask this man questions, because <laughs> you're, you're in the vehicle for 40 minutes with him. So the, the guy that's driving the, the, the shuttle, he's this young kid, and he's not saying anything. He's just being very polite. And I go, hey, so I didn't know you. That Wow, that's a great, you make a living doing this. So, excellent asking questions should not ever ask. How much <laughs> per pound? Oh. <laughs> we, oh. we walked over and I said, should I start an, should I start like an argument and a fight? Just yell out, hey, how much per pound for that one? Oh, it's brutal. I even said, do you guys eat them after judging them? Uh, does Bugs Bunny come in to help you out? And so so finally the drive, the show driver couldn't hold it. He started laughing his bugs off. Well, that guy never broke right oh and, no and he goes i travel the world i just came from new zealand and i make a living judging rabbits and what do you do for a living oh son of a <laughs> <laughs> i make fun of people who <laughs> 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 right, got me there buddy <laughs> but it's a good show so uh, and then i there were uh, rabbits as big as my dog i've seen oh, the rabbits all oh, the ears i know oh. Like the, the it was amazing how many different kinds of rabbits. Oh, well, it's funny because my daughter are... had said, "Can we get a rabbit?" And I'm like, you know, I, I really don't oh. want a rabbit. And then I we, we walked into that, and I found the biggest. This thing must have been the size of a small <laughs> Volkswagen. And I took a picture of it. And I said, "How about this rabbit?" And there was somebody standing next to it for size, and she's going, "Oh, is my that real?" God. I'm going, "Yes, there's a giant." I went, I got this whole and I sent her pictures of all these different rabbits and, and the pink eyes that make them look evil and. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I, I you know, sent pictures of my daughter saying, Hey, look at me. I'm at the big show in Lansing, Michigan. Oh, look at me. I'm a star. And then, oh, here's the rabbit show. Oh, that's amazing. Can you send me more pictures of the rabbits? <laughs> we were peeking through the curtain. We're sitting there peeking through the curtain. Like like we're sneaking, right? Like we're going to get in trouble. We get caught. There are rabbits in there. Oh, my God. Look at all those rabbits. Look at the size of those rabbits. <laughs> I, said, I said to the, the, the guy that was judging, I said, well, if the one rabbit has a tilted ear, does there get marks off? And I, I actually really meant it as a joke. And he goes, oh, yes, it's, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one we eat afterwards yeah. Oh, yeah. with the side of potatoes. <laughs> For pets or meat. Uh, <laughs> but I'm at the Toronto show, the Toronto Outdoor Adventure show, the Ottawa show. Um, basically by mid-February until the end of May, I'm at a show every week. Every weekend. And then every, during the week, I do two shows. And then still teach. Like, I, I still teach part-time at a college. Oh, that um, must be tough. There's a couple uh, shows. Yeah, yeah. There, I know there's one out, the Pacific. The Pacific Paddling, Sports Paddling Show. Um, that one's in May. But I know the East Coast and West Coast have a couple of shows. Oh, they do. No, they have, There's they, the fun, Cal, Bay Fundy one. Yeah, that's Cal out Cal that Cal way. Yeah. Shows. yeah, they're really good shows, actually. I love the East Coast. I well, I, I went to Palin, Nova Scotia, but I've also smoked there. I, yeah, I, East Coast, West Coast. I, I'd go back and it, when I do CBC Radio, I do in one sitting. I'll do maybe twenty shows, and basically it's all these hosts from coast to coast, and there's a script. 
And right. I, you, people, oh, like us? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have not followed the script tonight. I'm telling you that right now. But, but the lovely thing about the East Coast and West Coast, they do not follow the script at all. And I love them. The hosts are amazing. Uh, because there are they are campers, there are willis people. They 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 get it, uh, yeah, and they right. want to know other things than that's on the script. When I'm in Toronto, I'm not not in Toronto, but when I'm on the the morning show in Toronto, yeah, it's absolute script to the letter. Yeah, hmm. and uh, they just don't get it. So, but I could get aggravated. I could I could get like you know that's it, uh, or I could just say no. I'm going to be on that show again, yeah. and yeah. I'm going to make sure that bloody person goes paddling with me. <laughs> <laughs> and because the one thing about about going go in the wilderness, you can tell everybody in the world how great it is. The only way you're going to convince them to go is to take them. And yes. Once they're gone on a trip with you, they'll get it, and then yep. they'll tell the other person how great it is. They'll never get. I I, I could be this great order. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not going to happen. You have to take them with you. Pull yeah. them by the ear, and show them the northern lights. Campfire, s'mores. My my grandfather, and this just absolutely proves your point. My grandfather was always out. We learned fishing. We learned outdoor stuff from him. Um, He wanted to go on a canoe trip. He'd never been on a canoe trip. So when he was 72, my brother and I took him on to Bice Lake, Ralph Bice Lake. When he was 72? When he was 72. I held a grudge. He said when uh, when I turned 16, he'd take me deer hunting or moose hunting for the first time. When I was 15, he quit. (laughs) <laughs> I held a grudge for many, 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 many years. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So when he was 72, he said, you know what, let's take him. We'll, we'll take him on a trip. All he's got to do is walk from one end of the portage to the other, carry his paddle, carry his fishing rod, whatever. He caught lake trout. He got to sit around the fire. We cooked. He, it, it was, it, oh my God, I hope when I'm that age, somebody takes care of me like that on a canoe trip. <laughs> Had a blast. When, and that was it. He says, I've always wanted to go on one because, yeah, I've been camping and stuff like that, but I've never, I'd love to do it again. Love to do it again. And my grandmother calls us up about a month later, says, you can't take him. And says, well, why not? Because he's already planning next year's trip for you. <laughs> he just loved it so much. He's driving me he's, nuts. He's, he's been outdoors <laughs> his entire life, but we finally take him on a canoe trip. And like you say. You've got to take them. He's a changed man. And oh, now all of a sudden they're right into it. And, and he's telling people, like they lived in a, a senior's building. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's telling everybody, he's, oh, I went on this canoe trip. And, da, 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 da. and everybody's like, really? That sounds like cool. <laughs> and you did it and you saw a moose. And, and uh, yeah. My so, God, it, you are Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and people followed me <laughs> for 40 days. Right into the desert. Years, yeah, right out in the desert. And then <laughs> got a ride home and left them there. <laughs> Flew in my personal helicopter because, you know, with this gig. <laughs> I get one with this gig. Uh, but no, like you say, you got to get them out there and let them experience it firsthand. You, yes. can't, you can't just tell them about it and expect them to understand mm-hmm. it. I mean, people can look at our photos and, and all that all they want. Yeah. But until they get out there and experience it, they won't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it goes to the point where um, uh, I, I've been out of the college for like 29 years teaching part-time, but it's nothing to do with outdoors. It was all fish and wildlife, uh, forestry or whatever. And then about six, no, five years ago, they asked me to do uh, some outdoor leadership stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I do that with Happy Camper. I'm very uncomfortable teaching that stuff. Uh, but what's the job? Well, we're doing a backpacking trip with uh, second years. And, oh, 
And what's it called? Well, the course is called Advanced Trip Planning. I was like, whoa, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wrote the book, Happy Camper. <laughs> yeah, they go, yeah, that's the textbook. I was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I didn't know that, right? I was wow. like, well, this is really uncomfortable. So but I said, yeah. Um, but so I did the trip, but it was three nights. And I did, I did all well, the job for the money. I should be quite honest. Um, came back and the coordinator goes, so can you do that again? It was really a huge hit. I went, well, I have some recommendations. Uh, it's called advanced trip planning. And so when they graduate, they become guides. And it was only three nights. I go, I wouldn't hire any of them. Yeah. Not and enough. I yeah. go, you need to knock it, knock it up a level. Oh, we can't afford that. I went, oh, what, what, what's your job? What, what's your mandate? Like, um, so I said, it needs to be 10 days. And a backpacking. They were, oh, we can't do that. So I basically talked to And we talked into a seven-day. So I did that trip. And if you ever go back to my Happy Camper channel and watch the very first one, it was a poop show. Like I, I had to evacuate five students. It was a nightmare. And some good students, but there were some that should never have been there. Uh, some, but some good students. But it was a hit. Right. And they go, hey, what happened? Why was this such a hit? I went, because it was seven days. Don't you not get this? Yeah. Nobody is comfortable at all in the wilderness until day five. And then the magic happens. Ne- magic will never happen on day two. Never. And people out there will just say, no, Kevin, you're wrong. I, I do a lot of weekend warrior things. I get that. I- and I love that you do that. And I know that that's people- different. Mm-hmm. I know people are busy and they got jobs and, uh, you know, I-, I everything else. And and it, it it's really great being on, on the weekend. But you really, the reason why you're not connected until day five is because we live our normal lives, right? Yep. So so you guys have day-to-day jobs. You get out in the morning, you do your job, and on the weekend you're like, yay, I get to do this. And then, oh, I got to go back to, oh, God. Well, if you're out for, for seven days or 20 days or whatever, your life then becomes that, yep. not your job. It becomes putting everything in your, in your pack in the morning or your canoe in the morning, traveling from A to B, being yourself, and enjoying and reconnecting really where we're from because we're all born from wilderness. We all connect there. But you don't get that in two days. Never. You never will. And I think that's the problem now that we have. Forget social media problems and everything else. There are some issues. But the major issue is that we're not standing, stand, you know, being, my God, you've put me too much scotch in me i'm going off in huge tension i'm slurring my words (laughs) but but the idea is that um we're not spending that much time out there and not it takes two days for the ringing of the noise to leave your ears at night yeah yeah like it it takes enough time just to get rid of that you know it's yeah you need time in the backcountry to be away from everything so that you you need to it's the new normal it has to be the new normal you have to normalize to what you're doing so that instead of every moment you're thinking of what you were doing now every moment you're thinking of what you're doing in the now and so it takes a while for your brain to transition that right it's and and so i completely agree like i i hadn't really thought about five days but i do a lot of tripping so i like for me it's about day two or three where i'm going okay now i'm camping Right, because the first couple of days you're still trying to forget what you left behind. It's like, 
Uh, oh, you know, uh, you're still in rush mode and everything yeah, like you, that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're still thinking about mowing the lawn and and getting the mail and you know all this different stuff. And so, at, at for me, it's about day three. It's like, oh, things just slowed down. I just noticed that. It's like, ah. And see, for me, it's about day one. Yeah. Because I get on the water and I'm like, whatever. See, it it takes I forget me a while. Everything, just everything is gone. For me, it's. It's the nighttime. It's the that tinnitus in the ear from yeah. all the all the noises, the, the the clock ticking. I can hear what clock ticking now on the wall, and and all the noise and the traffic. And so it takes a couple days just for the my ears to stop buzzing at night. So yeah, you, you you can it's so quiet out there. You can actually hear the vibrations in your ears. You're waiting for that to go. And about day three, that leaves me right. So it's that it's you need that time in the backcountry just to put real life behind you. And enjoy the backcountry. I love the moment when you come back and uh, your neighbor gives you a hard time for not cutting your grass. And I go, <laughs> yeah, because I've been away for three weeks. Yeah, where were you? I went, yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> like, do you really care about that one chunk of grass? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was in, That's a, in, a, in a world that was far beyond yeah, where you were. Exactly. And yeah, I remember from work a few years ago. I did the big canoe trip up in Woodland Caribou. And I went into my boss and said, so can I take a month off? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. You what? What? <laughs> I, said, I got this like once in a lifetime sort of opportunity. He says, well, what is it? Well, in a nutshell, you go into a plane and they strap your canoe to the float. They fly you up to the middle of nowhere. They land on the lake. Undo the canoe, you get in, they put all your gear in, they point to a lake on a map and say, see you in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not on that lake in three weeks, <laughs> don't sure what happens, but you know. And he's just looking at me like, okay. <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't understand it, but, you know. I don't know if that's a special kind of stupid or, <laughs> or what. As long as you don't eat corn. Yeah, as long as you don't eat corn. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And, and all the people you go in with all come out. <laughs> That's what I always say. Two things. Number one, we've been friends for years, but if we're chased by a bear, I'm tripping you. <laughs> Number two, if you die out there, I'm not hauling your carcass out. Yeah, I'm covering you with rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't even go. Get it. Smokey the bear can have them. <laughs> my, buddy, my buddy Ashley, or, or Andy and I, sorry, we're at Women Caribou once. And we, we, we were looking for the portage, and he dropped me off. And he goes, I'll try downstream. You try there. I went, okay, all right. And uh, I, I had to take a leak. And uh, and then there's a baby bear. I was like, oh, oh, right in front. And we had been, actually, that was a long trip. Uh, and I think it was maybe day eight. And I was like, oh, there's a bear. There's a baby bear. Where's the mother? Mm-hmm. And I'm now having to pee. Oh, there we go. So I'm peeing. And the bear also gets startled, so it runs up this tree. I was like, oh, but I'm still peeing. And then the tree just starts falling. It <laughs> 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 falls with the bear on it. I went, oh, this is not good. <laughs> and But I finished peeing. And I, I yell at Andy. I went, Andy, come back here with a canoe. There is an issue. We have, we have a circumstance here. <laughs> All right, wait, you got a bear problem? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I, now, I never met the mother. The mom bear was not around. I don't know what's going on. But huh. Andy just, when he came, he goes, 
I swear, like, you've got the worst luck in the world. <laughs> I can drop you off in the middle of nowhere. You've got a baby bear falling out of a tree while you're urinating. I was doing that in the Rockies. I said, oh, I, I got to pee. You realize, so go down. Okay. No one can see. Taking a pee. And I was in here. Sean. What? Don't move. <laughs> Why? Look behind you. You told me not to move. So, <laughs> I'm peeing, and I'm looking behind me, and there's this massive elk, like 10 feet behind me, staring oh, wow. at me. What should I do? <laughs> I'm still peeing. <laughs> what do you want me to do? i got to finish. <laughs> I can't stop peeing if he's looking. <laughs> I'm there with you, buddy. Wildlife. Well, you did that thing about the mountain goats. Pardon? The mountain goats peeing uh, oh, the rocks. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was a weird article that we did on one of the episodes. I don't know if you listened to that one, but it's <laughs> it was... Uh, so they had... Yeah, we're, this, this show has now officially gone downhill. Yes. <laughs> so th they did this weird study, and it was... Uh, I can't remember all the details, but it was... These, these walking trails through the mountains. Yes. They were finding that people were stopping... Certain areas and pee. So the mountain and goats, the mountain goats would just boom, right on it and start licking the rocks where people have peed because of the salt. So the the mountain goats are attracted to where people were urinating, and so what was the purpose of the study? Just to, to see if that's what it was. But they were dressing people up as goats or something. That's like that. what it was. Yeah, and falling. But yeah, animals. That, that, that's this is wrong. <laughs> so many levels. That's why you don't eat blueberries at the end of the portage, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's where somebody, everybody pees. They somebody's pee peed on them. And then you eat them. the blueberries at the end of the portage, and you find a little, they're a little salty. <laughs> but you find socks. Yeah, you do. Yeah. There's a lot of socks yeah, but, on but portages. You add them up through the summer, and they don't, they don't add up. Yeah. You yeah. always have an odd number. Camper Christina, <laughs> this one goes out to you. <laughs> Hashtag, where's the socks? <laughs> I told her that because we, we, we went out for a day trip with her, right? And uh, it's like, oh yeah, always find socks on the end of portages. Yeah. Socks or zip so we do this, we Yeah, we do this portage, boom, sock. And she goes, oh my God, you're right. And she, did, she went on her, one of her solo trips. And I think it's one of those things that you don't really notice until somebody brings somebody it points to your attention, it out. right? It's like, yeah. suddenly you're, okay, well, now I'm noticing socks everywhere. I look. Yeah. Like, how do people do so many socks? I don't know. Do they get home know. and go on, oh, so I had two socks on this morning. <laughs> Where'd the other one go? <laughs> like, who loses a sock mid-trip? <laughs> the, the end of uh, my, my uh, when I wrote the uh, guidebook on Algonquin, I made a list of things I found in the portages. 27 socks, which is weird because that's not yeah. right? And seven Nerf balls. That was the day. Nerf balls. Nerf balls. Yeah. Nerf balls. It was a big thing. But seven. Who finds seven Nerf balls? Yeah. Who finds, like, I think it was 10 potatoes. Potatoes? Potatoes. Who found potatoes? Marcus. We, on one of our trips, we were, I think it was... Man, so I think man, maybe it was somebody who was shedding weight. I guess somebody <laughs> was shedding weight. Yeah, these damn <laughs> potatoes. Potato. <laughs> hey, potato. <laughs> well, you found what, what a camisole. Yes, that, yeah, that yeah. girly that lingerie girly thing. What? Wait, no, was, no, no, he didn't find it. He didn't find it. Oh, somebody <laughs> must have dropped this. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nine's as good as a wink to a blind man, eh? <laughs> Derek's a goer, hey, hey, a goer. <laughs> yeah, and he found it. Yeah, yeah. Found it. It was a nice, it, it was, uh, what, what, what would you call it? It's not woven, it's uh, a, a meshy, it's a mesh, lacy, cam- a lacy camisole. <laughs> yeah, it's just his style. This is where I remain speechless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, We're I finding socks. Just... We're finding socks and potatoes. He's finding yeah, lingerie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter always told me, "Wait, when in doubt, say nothing, Dad." If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing you at all. Just keep quiet yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. Socks, potatoes, and lingerie. Oh. And they're false. What kind of show is this? No wonder. I don't know how you survive. For how this. salacious. Right, like two years, 100 episodes? Oh my lord. 101 next week. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it day by day by day. Yeah. Well, Kevin, we covered everything on our list. Yes. And then some. We did have a script. I didn't look at it, but we had. <laughs> we roughly followed it loosely. Apparently, we've been talking for like four hours or something. So, but let, let me ask you this: uh, It's your hundredth. Uh, so, what's your future? Like, what, what? So, what's your your hit list? Our hit list: We want to do more interviews. We've we it sat on the back burner for a long time because we just, we're having trouble getting the tech the we're having trouble figuring out the audio for phones because it just sounds so poor. And it's really hard to get interviews if you expect to either go someplace to interview somebody or have somebody show up and interview at at, in, at Sean's studio, right? So it's uh, interviews is a big thing, and and so top of the list is like uh, Justin Trudeau and Queen Elizabeth, right? We want to interview those two people, but other than that, there's we have a I think we have about twelve, about twelve for sure people. Yeah, I think we got about. 30 or 40 we would like to have people. fantasy people yeah yeah. yeah yeah well not even fantasy people people like but i mean people that we definitely need to set aside time for and they would need to set aside time to get yeah them. but yeah i think we got a list probably probably a good 30 people because i think right now at, at our stage it's we think it's a big ask it's a big request to can you please help us out and let us interview you for the show and so we're hoping to get a lot more interviews done and uh but other than that it's uh we always struggle for topical information, right? And it, which is why when we first started this, it, it, the, the consideration was, well, a, a show about canoeing. It's like, can you find enough topical information to... So it's like, that's why we went with paddle sports, all paddle sports. Yeah. It widens the spectrum of topics. And so we've come across a lot of interesting things. And so it, it's it's that constant research and looking for new and more interesting topics to talk about and we try not to repeat anything the the few things that we have repeated is updating information on uh on uh like ticks or something like that new diseases coming out the the, colossin virus now and all that not just lyme disease anymore so we keep running back to that because that's topical that's important that's health you know it's so it's important to keep people educated so we talk about safety stuff we keep harping on that but other than that it's uh we need to do more interviews we need to kind of keep people interested keep people coming back right yeah. it's it's and there there have been people we've talked to say you know we're, we're getting into interviews you know are, would you be interested and people oh, yeah 
Yeah. We're, we're getting to the point now where people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be on your show. But we still need to stay to the yeah. base. It's about the conversation. It's about yeah. the narrative. We, we want to have a conversation with people. We want to have a conversation with each other. And we want to share that with people who do listen to the podcasts. So, and that's sort of, we're just going to keep moving in that direction. And hopefully it's a success. No, mm-hmm. it's good. It's a good show. I, I listen to it. Well, I listen to it once in a while. I don't. No. I'm waiting for it to get good, then I'm going to start listening to it. And then it. you're going to tell your family, too. <laughs> yeah, they think he just comes to my house to drink and then goes home. Doesn't realize that we actually do something. It was always back to my, when my mother uh, would always say, she's 84 Scottish, and she's like, and when will they ever get a real job given? <laughs> I love you to bits and I admire what you do, but I really don't know what you do. Mind you, at the Trump show, uh, what's it, last year? No, two years ago. She came to my, uh, my presentation. I was nervous. Oh, right on. oh yeah, I was really nervous. Uh, I, 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 I present in front of a lot of people, but oh, my mother, oh, she made me nervous. And then after the show, I uh, went back to sign books at the booth, and she's there at the booth, and she's signing my books. She's signing them? Oh, yes. Yes. She's 84, Scottish. And I went, what are you doing? She goes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. <laughs> Kevin's mom. <laughs> Enjoy the book, Kevin's mom. I sold more books that time than ever before. Maybe you need to bring her on tour. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and don't ever... To talk about social media, that's the problem. She now knows where I am all the time. Oh, because of... Well, I noticed you were presenting in uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, and I live in Milton, and you didn't miss me. No, I did. I, I visited you the night before, and I stayed there, and but you didn't miss me on the way back, and according to Facebook... Didn't you hear me honk and wave? Oh, <laughs> That's crazy on the highway at 120. Oh, don't you love me anymore? <laughs> yes, well, hopefully it uh, it uh, keeps going the way it's going. We've been having fun. so And we get people like you on here talking to us. Well, well it good. has to be fun. It's not like we're yeah. making any money on this. Well, yeah, I know. Oh, you're making billions. <laughs> billions. Billions. <laughs> billions. Billions. One hundred million dollars. Well, I hope you do, actually. There's no reason why you, like, they're, they're, you should make money for what you do, for the time you put in. Um, I know there is no money in it, but, but there's no reason why you shouldn't. It if is anybody re- knocks you when you do. It just, is rewarding. Yeah. I do find it rewarding. Well, so, we've met a lot of people through it as well. You know, that people, I mean, you go on social media and whatnot and you see people and they're on your site and they're promoting what you're doing and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh, this is cool. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I went to Mountain Equipment Co-op and some, I was buying a hammock for my, uh, my trip there in the fall. And I said, yeah, I just want a hammock. And guy looks at me, are you Sean from Paddling Adventures Radio? And I'm, yes, I am. <laughs> hey, hey, mom, hang on. Say it again. <laughs> and I just got 2% discount. That's right. <laughs> yes. Do I owe you money? No. Well, then yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun and it will continue to be fun. So on that note, Kevin, thank you uh, once again. We've been talking for a couple of hours here. Yes. Point. Oh my lord! This I is know, what's huh? called a podcast. Because if, if we were on TV, it would be a three-minute interview. We're like, what just? Happened? Well, we said we're going to continue with the fifty-two-minute radio show. But we did agree that the one hundred episode will be as long be as it needs to be. Special episodes, yes. that may not be fifty-two minutes. Because we're not. Because now that we're not on Rena Viola's, oh yeah, uh, you have your own. We so, can do whatever we want. Yeah. Yes. So we're not. We're yeah. not constrained to the fifty-two minutes now. Down with the man. But we still want to keep to the fifty-two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Just because of it, it makes it more slick and professional, and it's 
See, and when people are driving and listening, after 52, they'll fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Paddling Adventures Radio. We have been responsible for more car crashes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not the moose and the bears in the North Country, it's us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Kevin. Thank Sla- you. Oh, hey, Slasha. Slasha. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thanks Lord. for joining us. I, Appreciate I, it. I, where are we? I, I, I can't even see anymore. <laughs>